Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What a game. Jazz fans, did you have a hard time going to sleep last night? That was an outstanding game. The Jazz take game one from the Clippers. I thought this was going to be a long series when it started, and I didn't see anything in game one that convinced me it would be otherwise. If anything, I think Jazz fans, you come away encouraged because they won, but I think there's a couple things in there that you come away a little more encouraged. They did that without Mike Conley. Presumably, they're going to get him back at some point during this playoff series. Game two, game three, game four. Remains to be seen, but he would help. No question. So that's one thing you got going for you. Uh, two, uh, the Jazz, wow, 21 straight misses. I mean, they shot it poorly. The numbers did come up over the course of the game. They came up in the second half, as I expected they would, as you probably expected they would. I mean, they just weren't going to keep shooting 27%, right? So that number did come up, but they can shoot it better. Now, Donovan Mitchell probably can't shoot it much better. Uh, 45 points for him, just super impressive. And not just the points, when he got him. You know, the first quarter, the Jazz were in trouble. The second quarter, they fell further behind, and he came out at the start of the third quarter. He scored 10 points in a 10-2 Jazz run, and they just announced, we're back, we're not going anywhere, uh, we're going to battle here. So, now on the other side, I think Kawhi Leonard can play better. I expected a drop-off in his performance. Uh, we talked about this, his numbers in the game in the uh, first-round series, in that seven-game series with the Mavericks, were off the charts. You're playing 40 minutes a night. You're scoring 30 points a night. You're shooting 62%. Okay, Wilt Chamberlain, Kawhi Leonard. There's the list of people who pulled that off in NBA history. He had to cool down. And the Jazz benefited from that. And he didn't have a terrible game. 23 points, 7 rebounds. He got in foul trouble early. Probably never really got in the rhythm of the game. Um, so the Clippers can get a little better there. Don't know that the Clipper bench can play much better. Don't know that uh, Luke Kennard can shoot it much better. You know, there's some some maximum efforts there. Um, I still think it's a long series. Um, but, you know, if you're thinking, hey, I think the Jazz can win this thing in six, I get it. I get why you would watch that and think, yeah, they can. Can they win on the road? Could they do a closeout game on the road? Uh, Paul George struggled. Now, I thought he was really good in the last three minutes. You know, he's 4 for 17 shooting. That's a terrible night. He was 9 for 10 at the free throw line. He was 2 for 14, made two of his last three shots, made a big three to turn that six-point game into three. Turned out to be the last points of the game. Nobody else scored the rest of the way, and the Jazz won. But he put him in a position. They had uh, He put him in a position to win. They had nine points in the last three minutes, and he had an assist in seven points. Yeah, he pretty much had a hand in everything, didn't he? So... I think he'll have a bad playoff series, and I think there's stuff floating around his head that's really negative, but the way he played the last three minutes should bug Jazz fans. Kind of like, why did he get his legs under him in the last three minutes? Why did that happen? He's not completely gone. He's not completely off the deep end. It was a bad stat line, and I thought he hurt him, and that may continue, and I know his history as well as you do. We don't have to go into it, Uh, but it did worry me a little bit the way he played the last three minutes of the game. You know, was he figuring something out late in the game? I don't know. Maybe a couple shots just happen to go in. Maybe, maybe that's what it comes down to. Good game, though. Highly entertaining. <laughs> Highly entertaining. You know, the Jazz took a punch early, 
and they fell behind, but it never felt like they were buried. You know, you're not down 22 and just no, you know. So Joe Ingles can shoot it better, and he probably will. He was one of eight, um, but a good contest from him on Kawhi Leonard late in the game, and he scrambled going for the ball, and he had to scramble back to get in position and make Kawhi give up the ball, and then Rudy got the block at the end to win it. So... Heck of a game from the Jazz. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the best of the postgame show in two parts. Um, after the playoffs, they're letting the players take more questions and talk longer and Quinn too. So you're going to hear all of that uh, coming up. We'll hear from uh, Quinn Snyder. We'll hear from Donovan Mitchell, 45 points. Just so impressive. I mean, really, really impressive. Uh, out of Donovan. We're also going to hear from Rudy. We're also going to hear from Bojan Bogdanovic. Boy, 18 points from Bogdanovic, 18 points from Clarkson. Really big for the Jazz. Really big that those two came up like that. All right, DJ and PK, best of postgame show in two parts. Coming up next, stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. The first playoff game ends with Rudy Gobert blocking the potential game-tying three-pointer with, uh, what, one or two seconds left, and the Clippers can't get a shot off and time runs out. What a crazy finish. What a great game. We're going to hear from Rudy here in the Best of the Post Game Show. Going to hear from Quinn Snyder. Donovan Mitchell's coming up later in the hour. Stay with us, but let's start with the Best of the Post Game Show. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz take a one-game-to-none lead in their best-of-seven playoff series with the L.A. Lakers in a thriller. They win 112-109 to 109 despite the fact that they missed 20 consecutive shots at one point in the first quarter. The Jazz come back, score 65 points in the second half, and uh, beat the Clips, uh, like I said, in a thriller, 112-109, to behind 45 points from Donovan Mitchell on 16 of 30, shooting 6 of 15 from 3. Let's get started with some post-game sound with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. When you guys miss 20 or so consecutive shots in the first quarter, uh, not your best offense first half, and then... Donovan comes out in the second half pretty electric, winds up scoring 30-plus after halftime. What really kind of sparked the turnaround there, and, and what did you see out of Donovan specifically? Well, I, I thought for the most part the looks we were getting early were, were good shots. I, I thought we were a little bit rushed, um, you know, and, and I think as the game progressed – um, we settled down a little bit more and started, you know, attacking the paint. Um, you know, we, we don't have to take quick threes all the time. You know, if the ball can break the paint, we can, you know, we can still generate those shots. Um, but I, I thought, I thought we settled in, uh, I thought Donovan settled in and as much as anything, uh, I thought we threw ourselves into the defensive end and, uh, and we've talked about, you know, trying to continue to push the ball and move the ball. When we struggle, it's when the ball stops and they're so good, you know, defensively um, staying in front of you. If, if, if the ball stops, it, it makes it makes it a lot harder. But, I, you know, we, we've had games where we've not shot it well. And, 
you know, those are the kind of games you have to rely on your defense. And, um, you know, that the, the thing that I, you know, really am pleased with is that we didn't stop shooting. So, and we, we tried to get better looks and we got a few more easy buckets, uh, particularly on the offensive glass. I thought our offensive rebounding really helped our offense. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, can you talk about the defensive effort of the guys down the line? I mean, Boyan, Jordan, Fave, how they kind of picked up their intensity, especially in that second half. Yeah, I mean, that that's – I think that's the playoffs. And, um, you know, th those guys had a feel for – you know, what's needed in a game on that level against the, the team that's as, as good as the Clippers are. Um, and as the game progressed, uh, I thought we did a good job, you know, of talking through some situations, you know, that, that we touched a little bit, but, you know, kind of happened on the move. And that That's always, you know, a really good sign that your guys are dialed in when they're communicating like that and, you know, making sure we're trying to run someone off a three-point line when it's a three-point game you know, switching a back screen when you have to, just lots of little things like that um, that really make an impact. And so our focus and concentration on, on that end, um, not only our competing, but just our ability to execute at the right times was, was, was really important. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, um, just, you know, piggybacking off of, you know, the physicality defensively, how important was it for you guys uh, that initial push in the second half to to kind of get back in the game and, and kind of just see something good over over an extended period of possessions. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, we hadn't shot well, um, but I, I didn't think we were defending poorly. I, I thought there were there were a the couple situations that we didn't handle well where they made some really good reads and were getting some some open shots, but um you know, th this is this is a series, and it, you can't get too high or, or too low. Obviously, this is one game, um, and I think every game you kind of have to approach the same way. That um, you know, you've got to play throughout the forty-eight minutes, and you know, our, our guys obviously you know kept their focus and and were able to do that and, and play a little better in the second half. But you know, we've got our work cut out for us. We've we've won one. That's great. Um, but as I said, you know, I, I don't think you, you get too high or too low, especially when you're playing a team that's as good as these guys are. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, it seemed like you were really on your team uh, to try and get them to push the ball quickly off makes and misses. What, what did you see from your guys when they did that? Well, I, I think the initial thrust for us in, into a possession allows us, you know, to make quick decisions. And as I said before, um, you know, when they lock in on you, there's, you know, whether it's PG or Kawhi or Batum, you know, Rondo, right, right down the line, you know, their wing defenders are really good. And then when you, you know, Morris is up and, and he's moving his feet. So um, to the extent that we can try to get, um, get the ball up the court quickly, um, you know, we're not having to play against um, that length as much. And, um, you know, that that's part of, you know, that's part of how we've played this year. Um, you know, so they're, they're, as I said, you know, this morning, uh, some of this is not 
it's not a lot of mystery to it. It's just a question of execution. And obviously, you know, there are adjustments and nuances and all those things, but, you know, I think the biggest thing for us that we're going to try to keep doing is just try to keep competing and try to keep executing. Tim McMahon, ESPN. Quinn, what is it about Donovan that gives him the capability to just take over uh, playoff games with the scoring? Well, I, I said it, I think, you know, the third quarter, um, you know, interview where I, I he's, he's really competitive and, but he's also really determined. So, you know, I don't think he was feeling great tonight. Um, his ankle was fine. I think he, he, he wasn't feeling great physically. He was a little nauseous. He was a little lightheaded and, you know, we, so he, he's not going to accept that. And, you know, that's what I told him. It's a, you know, and he's, that's where his mind is. It's like, you know, there's nothing that he's going to let get in the way of that focus. And um, he, he's also able to make, you know, he's made adjustments throughout the course of the game. You know, he's a smart player and he studies. So, you know, when he's doing something, you know, that, that maybe isn't um, as productive, he's, a, he's able to make subtle adjustments, you know, and I, I thought he was able to do that tonight. And then the other thing is he's not afraid to fail. You know, he'll take the next shot and, you know, we, we want him to take open looks. And if he misses a few of them, you know, they're good shots and keep taking them and keep attacking. And, you know, that's who he is. Uh, Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, specifically from three, when it's a tough shooting first quarter, a tough shooting first half, how, how important was it to um, stay the course and not stray from what's been working all season? Um, it's really important. And it's important for us because it's it's who, who we are. You know, if, um, you know, if, if – Joe Ingles goes one for eight, like he did tonight. Like, honestly, I'm happy. You know, I'd rather him go one for eight than, than one for one or two for two. And, um, and it takes a degree of mental toughness to continue to take those shots. I, I think it also takes, um, you know, some smarts to understand, you know, how to get better shots, but that doesn't mean that you stop shooting. And, you know, you, you hear it all the time, you know, when, when teams are, are missing, you, you know, you say, hey, you know, stop shooting, get to the line, get to the rim. And I, I think those things are true. Um, I just don't think you stop shooting. I think, you, I think you get to the rim and you get to the line um, and you keep shooting. And, you know, whatever combination those things, um, you know, come in, I, I thought our guys – you know, had a pretty good feel for, for that balance. And if we're getting good looks, you know, there's no reason not to shoot them. You know, if you look at, you know, how we play and, you know, if we pass those shots up, you know, the likelihood of us getting a better shot throughout the possession goes way down. Um, we also have a chance to turn the ball over. Um, we may not have a chance to offensive rebound. Uh, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but I do think it, it's a mindset that you can't get discouraged, um, you know, and, and you have to believe, and that's that's who we are, and we need to double down. Okay, last question will be from Joe Varden, The Athletic. Hi, Quinn. I, I was uh, actually going to ask about the third quarter exchange you had with Donovan that was caught on um, on on 
camera or whatever, you said to him, you just keep getting your mind right and it overcomes everything. Um, my two questions would be, were you referring to him not feeling well? Uh, is that what you guys were talking about? And then was there a previous conversation? Like, did you broach the subject at halftime or, you know, at any point before that little exchange? Well, one of the things that I love about coaching Donovan is the communication that, that you get to have with him. And that's something for a coach that's unique. And, you know, when I say that it's, it's, it's an exchange, you know, there's things that, you know, that he's talking to me about that, that we're discussing, you know, even the, the times for a few games when he was out, you know, that was something that we were talking about um, and how important it was. So, you know, if there's anything that, that I feel I can help him with, I want to, and there's plenty of things that, you know, that, that he helps me with. So, um, you know, I, I don't recall any, you know, any, any specific, um, you know, watershed moment with anything. I just, I just know how hard he's competing and, you know, I, and that to me, when you understand that about someone, you know, you just want to encourage him to, to keep their focus. And that's really all I was saying to him. And um, he's probably said it to me more than I've said it to him. There's Coach Quinn Snyder uh, talked about how Donovan had a great game despite not feeling well, battling a little uh, uh, stomach issue before the game, had to dig deep and come out, had a huge, huge performance. Let's now get to the players. Let's start things off with Rudy Gobert. Hey, Rudy. So first of all, can you kind of just take us through uh, what happened on that final play when you were able to block uh, Morris's shot? Just uh, tell us from your perspective what happened there. I mean, we, we're up three, so obviously the – they needed a three to tie the game. Uh, Kawhi had the ball, and uh, whoever Joe got switched on Kawhi, so he did a great job trying to take away the to the force him to drive. And uh, I kind of faked helps, and I knew that he was going to pass to to Morris for the three. So I just tried to contest as much as I can. Next up will be Jacoby De Francesco uh, around the game out of Italy. Hi, Rudy. Congrats. Uh, there has been lots of talk and writing about... about uh, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. There has been lots of talk and writing about you adjusting to a small lineup. And how do you feel about this? And do you think the last play is like a photograph of what you can do in this situation? I mean, teams have been trying to do this to me, to us, for years now. You know, I think... Uh, I'm comfortable guarding any lineup. You know, it's uh you know, whether I get close out to three point shooters and and then make a play or, you know, still protect the paint at the same time. I have been doing it. And uh yes, it's different than just, you know, guarding a, a traditional big, uh like Van Chunas or Zubak, but uh, you know, I I've been doing both, you know, and you might see a clip of me dancing on the perimeter once in a while, but the truth and the numbers back it up, you know, that I can, I'm comfortable guarding, you know, any lineup and, uh, you know, it's their game plan, you know, they, they're going to try to make me uncomfortable and I, I respect that, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be out there on the court. So, you know, I'm comfortable. Tony Jones, the athletic. You know, talking about, you know, just, just guarding on the perimeter, um, were you surprised to see um, the Clippers start small and then go big, or, or did you ante- did you guys anticipate that? 
I mean, we knew that they were going to go small either from the start or, you know, to, to close the game. Uh, you know, we didn't know if they was going to start Zubak or, or, or Batum, but, uh, you know, we, I was prepared. We were prepared for both. And, uh, you know, and we know that it's going to, you know, those guys are, are very good. You know, they have a good coaching staff. They, they don't try, you know, to mix things up, to, to try to make me and make us uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, you got to respect that. And for myself, you know, I just got to be, be ready. And then for us as a team, you know, we got to be ready to, you know, to guard any kind of lineup and, and, and still play to our strength, you know, and don't, don't play, don't change our defense because they play a different lineup. Tim McMahon, ESPN.com. Rudy, you guys obviously as a team struggled offensively in the first half. What, what's the feeling when Donovan comes out and, you know, hits three or four quick buckets? Is there a sense that, you know, you guys are about to go on a roll? I mean, 100%. You know, uh, I think we, we started the game, all of us started the game a little flat. You know, we, we're kind of rushing into shots. We're kind of, you know, not connected like we've been, uh, you know, later against the, the Grizzlies. And uh, we knew that that was going to come back. With, uh, obviously, it starts with, with, with Donovan and with, with Joe and with, with our point guards being aggressive. And, uh, you know, we knew that, you know, in the second half, Donovan was going to come out aggressive. And I think he did, uh, obviously, he gave, us a, he gave us a great lift and he did a great job uh, not settling for, for the jump shots, but attacking them and, and putting pressure on them for, you know, finishing at the rim, drawing fouls or kicking out for the shooters. And, you know, when we play that way, I think that's when we, we become really, really hard to go. Maxime Legorge, the free agent. Uh, hi, Rudy. Uh, you did uh, the, the key play of the game. Even if you have a, a difficult, uh, a difficult uh, night tonight. And so what makes the difference in your mind to stay focused just until the last play of the game, even if you made a jump that was a bit difficult just before? I mean, uh, you know, no matter what happens before, uh, the most important is the moment. And, uh, you know, I try, to, I try to stay focused on the moment. You know, I know that uh, my teams trust me, uh, you know, to do what I do and then to make plays uh, both defensively and, and, and offensively, uh, you know, at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, I try to uh, just stay focused. And personally, I enjoy those moments. You know, I embrace those, those moments because at the end of the day, uh, when you're in a close game at the end, you know that uh, you got an opportunity to to do uh, to impact the game. You know, you you can't be worried about how many points you scored or if you had a bad game, good game. Uh, you got to stay with it, and uh, I think that's what the the best teams are able to do. You know, even on the night when things didn't go our way, we we find ways to execute and uh, and to play our basketball and to stay uh, to keep trusting one another when it matters. Sam Farnsworth, KSL. Yeah, Rudy, uh, this is the first time in about 15 months you guys have had a full-capacity crowd at Vivint Arena. I know last round it wasn't too far off, a little over 14,000, but how big of a difference is that? Is that something you notice, that extra 4,000, that, that it's a full house, the, the energy, the excitement that they're bringing? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, obviously, last game we felt it. Last series, we we felt it. We felt a difference uh, between uh, having I don't know eight thousand and thirteen thousand. But this time, 
we really felt it throughout the whole game. You know, it wasn't just uh, at the end or, you know, in the, in the key moments. Uh, we really felt it throughout the whole game. And I think, uh, you know, when we when we were down 12 and we were, you know, try to come back, try to, try to grind to 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 catch them, uh, having that, that crowd behind us really gave us uh, a big lift. We have time for one more question. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, there was that sequence uh, with DeMarcus Cousins when um, the charge that was reversed after the review uh, into a block, and you got the and one on that play. First of all, you just your reaction to the review and uh, what you thought about the foul when it happened. And then, I mean, you guys, that's a three-point swing and you win by three points. Do you think back on plays like that and how important they are? I mean, it's a playoff, you know, every play matters, you know, every momentum play matters. And, uh, and sometimes, unfortunately, every call matters. So uh, I thought it was pretty obvious, uh, you know, maybe from, uh, from his angle, he thought it was a child, but uh, uh, I, I'm glad that coach challenged it because, uh, you know, uh, there was no doubt that it wasn't a charge. And I thought it was pretty obvious to me. There's Rudy Gobert, 10 points, 12 rebounds, two block shots. One of those blocks came on the last possession of the game. A game-sealing block for Rudy Gobert. All right, there's the best of the postgame show, part one with the Quinn Snyder and Rudy Gobert. Coming up, Bojan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell with his 45 points. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We just heard from Quinn Snyder and Rudy Gobert. The best of the postgame show continues now with Bojan Bogdanovic and Donovan Mitchell. Let's now hear from Boyan Bogdanovic. Boyan, you played some major minutes guarding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And, you know, they had relatively quiet nights for their standards. What was the key to kind of keeping them uh, it, it, within kind of control? And, and what did, you know, what are you thinking when you're battling those guys? I mean, they are both great players, so we were trying to force them to take tough shots. Rudy was there every single time when they when they have blow by us or or, or, or had a straight line drive. So great, great team defense overall on, on, on these two guys. But we know how how good they are, and they're going to be extra aggressive next game. Uh, Maria Vidal, Tab Deportes. Hi, Boyan. First of all, congrats for the win. What are the key aspects that you can take away from this first game against the Clippers? I mean, just our defense. Even we started the game shooting the ball pretty pretty bad, especially from uh, from three-point line. But uh, we kept guarding. Crowd was really, really behind us. They they pushed us when when we were we were down thirteen or or even even more. So, so I think that our our defense it's it's, it's the key in this in this series. And Anderson KSLSports.com. Okay, we don't see it a lot from you. You hit a lot of kind of a, a spot up threes, but you dribble into a big three late in the fourth quarter there. What what did you see going into that play and, and taking that shot? I mean, they were trying to 
to to blitz blitz Donovan kind of kind of double team him especially in the last last couple of minutes on the, on, on the game and then I had a I had a Carnard on me and shot clock was was running down so I needed to take that one it was it was big one and 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 then but like I said Donovan was the the guy that really bring all attention and and, and then the the other guys we had a a lot of wide open shot but like I said we didn't play for the for a couple of days so maybe maybe that get us tired beginning of the game or or or, or we didn't have a we didn't have enough enough confidence hitting those shots but but like I said again our defense was was great especially especially second half Eric Walden Salt Lake Tribune Hey Boyan speaking of Donovan obviously um he had a pretty incredible second half uh, especially the way he came out and started that third quarter with 10 straight points what did you see from him and, and kind of how was he able to go on you know, scoring streaks like that and, and kind of have the ability to take over games in that fashion. I mean, he's, he's just amazing, amazing person. He's a great player. He saw that we are down, down fell of 13 and a half time. So, so probably he thought I gotta, I gotta take over the game. I gotta be extra aggressive in a, in a, in especially in third quarter. So he, he got us back in a, in a game and, and, and then all, all the energy or the crowd, he gave us energy to the players and, and and like I said, I mean it's just just amazing, amazing performance from from him. Christo Soto, Sports DNA. Hey Boyan, we saw that you had a great connection with the fans. So how contagious was the passion of the fans in the stands to you on the floor? I mean it's it was probably the loudest the loudest crowd that I played in front here in uh in NBA, even when when we were down, they were they were kind of kind of cheering and, and pushing us and, and gave us extra extra energy to get back in the game. And then when we start to to hit those shots, especially especially Donovan, the I mean the the arena was 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 really amazing and really loud. So, right, uh, Jacoby De Francesco around the game. You're on mute, Jacoby. Uh, we'll move on to Maxime, the free agent. Um, when, when you made uh, the, the key three point and uh, you you have to, to keep focus all along the night. So how, how hard is it to, to stay focused all along the, the game and to have the key shot? I mean, those those trees are giving us extra energy defensively because, like I say, we we we, we couldn't buy a tree in a, in a, in the first first quarter. So when we start to hit the shots, when Donovan got hot, it gave us energy also defensively to guard better and and kind of communicate better. We were we were all in. Cassidy Hubbard, ESPN. I mean, you've been talking a lot about how Donovan's play um, kind of got you guys going, but in, in the game broadcast, we were able to see him mic'd up and uh, talking to the team. Uh, how would you describe his vocal leadership um, on this team this season? I mean, it's just amazing how how mature he become this season. He's really reading the game 
great first half. I mean, he had a quiet first half, but especially because we couldn't hit a shot. So he was trying to probably involve all on us in a game. But, uh, but like I said, we were missing the shots. And then a third quarter and fourth quarter, he, he took the game over and he were he was more more aggressive so it's just just amazing his his leadership and and and, and the energy that he's he's bringing to the to the table and and, and kind of giving to our, all of us all right last question we'll go back to jacopo hi sorry about that hi boyan and um, which one in your opinion is the biggest adjustment that you guys made individually and as a team that allowed you not to suffer from uh, conley's absence i mean, we had a lot of games that we missed Donovan and, and, and Mike, so we are kind of, I cannot say used to it because it's this different story right now in, in the playoffs and, and, and we really miss him because he's primary ball handler, but uh, they play small ball, so we, we kind of, we try to adjust on, on, on the way how they play, how, how they're going to attack us. So, so great, great first game. We cannot get a too high or too low. Second game is in two days. We got to watch the film and, 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 and prepare prepare for next game. There's Boyan Bogdanovich, 18 points on 6 of 14, shooting 3 of 6 from 3. He was a team high plus 12 in the plus minus category. Let's now wrap up the postgame sound by uh, letting you hear from the star of the night, Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Donovan. A couple things. First, uh, Quinn mentioned that you weren't feeling great tonight. Uh, he said maybe a little nauseous and lightheaded. And then on top of that, the, the cameras caught a couple things. It caught um, you and, and D Wade talking during the third quarter. And then Quinn telling you about um, getting your mind right and that'll overcome everything else. And so I was, the question would be, what was the context of all that tonight of, of what you were talking about with Dwayne, what Quinn was saying to you and, and how you were feeling while you were scoring all those points? Um, well, I was kind of hoping you didn't say it, but it's, yeah. Um, I was definitely, you know, feeling it a little bit, but, you know, sometimes you just got to dig to a, dig deep into a different place. And, you know, I was getting my ass kicked individually the first half on both ends of the floor. Wasn't making the right reads. Um, Luke hit a bunch of shots on me. Reggie hit a bunch of shots on me. And there were situations that I was just being lazy, you know, and letting that fatigue kind of get to me. So, um, I came in at halftime. I was just like, look, I'm just going to have to find a way. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me. And you hear that with what Coach said. Um, I forgot I was mic'd up, so I didn't know that y'all caught that. But, like, that was – that's why I love Coach, man. And, you know, obviously the Coach of the Year stuff came out. And, you know, I always believe he's the Coach of the Year because, you know, at some point in time, you know, you got to dig deep. We've been in a similar situation um, game six against OKC where, you know, things were kind of – sporadic in the first half and then the third quarter, you know, you got to go out there in the fourth quarter, you got to find a place. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, and as far as Dwayne goes, I continuously ask him what he sees. I know what I see, but sometimes you have a different perspective, especially sitting on the floor like that, like being able to see what he sees in his mind. Um, you know, it's great to have you have your coaching staff, you have your players, and then you have a guy like a Hall of Famer and Dwayne Wade to be like, like, what do you see? You know, how, how can I be even more efficient? And, you know, tonight wasn't, it was a good night, you know, but there was definitely some stuff that I missed, you know, that I definitely could be better at. And I think for me, that's, you know, that's really where my head is at. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, 45 is great, but could have easily had eight or nine, even 10 assists. Um, could have had some rebounds, you know, that I could have definitely changed the game too. So for me, that's really where a lot of it was at. But 
that's uh, I hope that answers your question. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. John, so we were asking Bogey about your second half performance, and he said that he felt like you went into halftime, saw you guys are down 13, and just figured it was time for you to take the game over. Does it feel that easy sometimes when you're going through a scoring stretch like that, coming out scoring the first 10 of the of the third quarter? Um, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, the first half, you know, kind of just figuring out, you know, what they're going to do. Um, you can watch so much film on how they play Dallas all you want, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to guard us differently. Um, so kind of go out there and feel in the game. And like I said, I was not in a I – w- I didn't do a lot of things right, you know, for my team in the first half, and I really kind of aided me. Um, still does. Um, put my team in a certain position. And I feel like that was my me, you know, to come out there and just set the tone on both ends of the floor. Um, I think that's really where my head was at, just going out there and just trying to find ways to be aggressive. Tonight it was getting to the rim and I hit a few threes, but, you know, who knows what it's going to be next game. They're going to make adjustments, so are we. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, we could definitely all shoot a little bit better. You know, we, we shot solid, but we shoot 34%, I mean, 40% from the field. You know, we can definitely shoot better and make some more shots to not be down 13 in that half and also get some stops. But, you know, for me, just kind of come out there and send the tone, especially without Mike, you know, where you can kind of get off the ball, understanding that, you know, they got two guys who can really guard. So trying to make sure we continue to attack and stay on, stay keep them on their heels. That was really pretty much uh, my mindset. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Uh, that being said, how how important was that initial push uh, from you guys in the second half, particularly from you when you came out, scored that 10 straight, just to get back into the game and say, okay, we could just start working from a, a smaller margin uh, than we were working with for most of the first half? Um, I think it was crucial. I think they, they got it going and they made some shots and, and, and got into a rhythm to start the, sec- the end of the second half. And for us, it was like the first five minutes. Let's just win that. And, and kind of go from there. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, yeah, I scored 10 straight, but we did a lot of good things as a whole, defensively, offensively, pushing the pace, getting stops, rebounding the ball, not letting them have extra possessions, you know, and I think that was the biggest thing for us, continuing to to be the aggressor um, and understand that, you know, we got to be able to just punch first. Um, and it's not, it's not always going to be, you know, easy to do it from the beginning of the game. It's not always going to be sunshines and, and rainbows, you know, <laughs> went throughout a playoff game. It's going to be stuff that we do wrong and stuff that we got to go ahead and correct the mistakes we got to fix. And uh, I think that was what you saw tonight with, from us as a whole, just going out there making winning plays. Uh, JC picking up full court, Bojan trying to, you know, trying to go ahead and, and deny the outlet. You know, Royce doing a hell of a job um, on those on those guys, Joe as well, and Rudy being Rudy. But Winning the 50 50 balls, those are little things that, you know, set you over the top in the playoff game. Tim McMahon, ESPN.com. Um, and, uh, Kawhi didn't guard you a lot today, but they did put him on you late. You, you still had success, especially getting Kennard and pick and rolls. Uh, when you have Kawhi on you, what, if anything, changes for you or, or for your mentality? You got to be strong with the ball. Um, that's really it, you know, as far as attacking, everything kind of stays the same. But, you know, the loose, the, the playing around with it, you, he's, he's there, you know. And at the end of the day, he has the height advantage and the length, uh, you know. So even if I make a move, he's still there. So being able to manipulate things throughout the game, whether it's a screen or stuff like that. And like I said, there's things that I definitely can, can be better at. You know, I had a terrible turnover with 49 seconds left at half court, stupid pass, like stuff like that. Like for me, it's like, okay, how do I – kind of manipulate the game. I You know, I did it against Memphis, and I got to be able to do it now. You know, and I did an okay job of it, you know, um, and I think I can be better. Um, and I think I'm going to 
probably see that matchup a lot more, you know, and just understanding that, you know, he's first team on defense for a reason. And I got to go out there and just have him present my end game and not just necessarily attack the score, but attack to create, you know, and, and find guys as well. Mark Medina, USA Today. Hey, Donovan, considering the circumstances you're playing tonight, how would you compare this performance to some of your uh, playoff performances last year in the bubble? Um, I mean, this was good, uh, in my opinion. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of at a point, Mark, where I'm like, doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's we're on the game too, but, you know, definitely with – I'm just happy with how I was able to kind of control the pace. You know, I think that's something I've really tried to make strides in throughout my career and being efficient. When I say efficient, I don't mean just a shot chart. I mean, like, you know, turnovers or being able to manipulate the game, being able to pick pick things and make the right reads. So for me, I was really happy with, you know, my progress in that way. In that way. Uh, there's definitely, like I said, stuff I can do better um, for sure. And I think, you know, there are, Hopefully, you know, continue to go out there and make the right reads. But as far as where do I put it as far as games, I don't I don't really uh, know. At the end of the day, I know that I got to do this three more times. Uh, and we got to win three more times. That's really where I'm at. You know, it's it's great to get a game one win. And at the end of the day, we did what we're supposed to do. We, we won at home and we got to do the same thing uh, in game two. David Aldridge, The Athletic. Hey, Don, uh, I, I know, Donovan, you're locked into this series and trying to figure out how to beat the Clippers four times. I wonder if you are at all cognizant of the notion of the rest of these playoffs being very wide open and that somebody is going to win a championship that hasn't – that either has never won one or hasn't won one in a very long time. Um, yeah, Uh it's, 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 I have social media, so I'm, I'm always on it. You know what I mean? It's like, I see it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but like, so I see, I see the tweets, which it's, we all do, you know, and I think the, the, the best thing about it is, you know, that's what makes these games so competitive. You know, the Clippers have never, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never won a championship. We've never right. won one. That's right. Um, I don't know. Phoenix has never won one. Like you look at how competitive these games are. I think that's what makes this, playoffs so intense, so exciting, you know, and I think that's what creates a great environment. You know, I think that's what makes this game a lot of fun. And, you know, I think for, for us, our mindset is, look, we got three, one game at a time. We got this one, we got to get the next one and understanding that we can do something, you know, special. We thought that right after the bubble that we can do something special as a group. Uh, We took care of business in the regular season. That's over with now. We took care of business in the first round. That's over with now. We took care of business tonight. That's over with now, and we got to go ahead and focus on game two. But it's definitely out there. It's definitely something that we see, and we think we can, you know, we have the team to do it. But we got to go out there and hone in on little details and not get complacent and satisfy where, where we're at and, and be ready to hoop. Thank you. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Donovan, you got pretty big defensive plays from Boyan and Jordan and Joe, guys who aren't really celebrated for their defense during the regular season. What, what did you see from them and their effort, especially against Kawhi and Paul George? Um, there's a saying that's like, by any means necessary, you know, and I think that's what you saw from a lot of us tonight, you know, and I think that's what's going to take to beat this team and, and, for, and, 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 beat, and get four wins against this team. Uh, we all got to do our part, you know, whether it's, like I said, picking up full court, diving on loose balls, getting those long rebounds, not allowing them second chance points, getting into the paint, creating. And, you know, when you, when you have a guy like Mike out, you know, it's a, it's a big loss, but for us, it's like, okay, how do we 
fix it? How do we manage it? You know, and I think Jordan's approach coming out, doing what he does on the offensive end, but also being on the defensive end, Bojan, you know, being communi- communicating. Uh, we all know what Rudy's going to do, but like like you said, Joe Joe coming out there doing what he does as well. And um, I think that's really where it, that's really where it is and what's going to help us win these games is we got to do it by any means necessary, whether it's diving on the floor or whatever we got to do. We got to do it hard and we got to do it um, with pace and, and, and execute. And if you make a mistake, make an aggressive one. You know, don't be kind of complacent and, and lax in what you're in your movements. And I think that's what you saw from us in, in the second half. Uh, Cassidy Hubbard, ESPN. Hey, Donovan, um, you know, I hear you criticizing yourself and what many people would call a stellar performance. But I I also want to look at, you know, I've noticed before that you close your eyes and take deep breaths at the free throw line, but maybe it was just highlighted even more so with such a loud crowd tonight. How long has that been a part of your routine? And and what would you say, you know, why you do that um, before your free throws? Um. I've been doing it for a while, but I think everybody tries everybody last year we had a conversation about that. People thought I just did it for TV. <laughs> um, but I had a session with Kyle Corver and it's it's a few years back. And, you know, one of the things he talked to me was just about breathing, you know, in certain situations. And, you know, that was a situation for me. I don't really meditate much, but for me it's like, you know, just breathe. That's your time to rest. That's your time to focus. That's your time to kind of let go and and kind of just go into a different element and focus on, for me, I put myself into back to my workouts. That's really where it's at. That's what it is for me. And, you know, that's kind of one of the, the strongest, I don't know what the word is, like a pose. I guess that's one of the strongest things you can do for your body is kind of close your eyes and breathe, and especially in high intensity situations. We don't do much of that as athletes. You know, we don't go out there and, and take care of that mental part, especially live action during the game. So any chance I can, I, I, I do that, and especially at the free throw line. Um, just giving myself time to breathe and rest and go ahead and execute the free throw, but also give myself a time to kind of cool down a little bit. Did it feel a little different with how loud the crowd was tonight? Yeah, uh, it, it definitely did. But you got to put yourself into – that's why I put myself into where I, like moments where I've worked out, you know, where it's like me in the gym. At the end of the day, that's what it is, me in the gym, and I'm shooting free throws, dead tired after a workout. And that's why you make as many as you make in a row. Uh, for those moments. And that's really what it is, you know? And for me, it doesn't matter if there's 22, 60,000, like it doesn't matter how many people in the arena at the end of the day, it's the same thing you are doing in the summer when you're working out. The only difference is you got people watching. All right. We have time for one last quick one. It'll be from Nia Campbell, utahjazz.com. Hey, so Rudy had a huge block at the end of the game. So I want to know what is it like for you to watch Rudy on a defensive sequence like the one at the end of the game? Um, you know, you kind of have just like a sense that something good's going to happen. You know, I don't, you don't know how or what, you know, but once I saw the swing go to him, you know, he, he thrives in those moments, you know, he definitely hears the chatter that he can't guard outside the paint, you know? So those are like moments that he like lives for, you know, and when he, when he caught it, Morris caught, I was like, okay, like, you know, big boy's going to, you know, have this moment, you know? And I think that was, that's what you saw tonight. And, you know, he saw me just put my hands up because I'm like, thank God he blocked it because I took a terrible shot at the end of the game. But like, you know, he's he's our he's our he's our backbone defensively, man. And that's and you saw it on like night tonight. He's, you know, he came out there and blocking shots, running the floor, doing his thing. And when you get the ISOs like that, you have the ultimate faith because he's the two time about to be three time defensive player of the year. 
Uh, so, you know, we all have the utmost faith in, in his in his defense and what he does. And moments like that, when he's doing it on the playoff stage, you know, I'm happy for him. We're all happy because he's showing the world what he's capable of. Here's Donovan Mitchell, who was battling uh, some stomach uh, ailments, but had one heck of a game, 45 points. Uh, he scored 32 of those in the second half. Absolute special performance from Donovan Mitchell. Jazz now lead 1-0 in the best of seven series with the Clippers. Game two going to be at Vivint Arena coming up on uh, tomorrow night. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 7 from the plaza out front of Vivint Arena. Come by and join us. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? The headlines are next. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan comes to get it. He's got a switch. Luke Kennard will pop out to him. Jazz are fine with that. Step back three on the left side. Ow! Oh my goodness gracious, Donovan. Kawhi Leonard is guarding Donovan. He splits the double team, gets through the lane, underhand scoop and a score. He got all the way down State Street. Morris, three seconds, two seconds, blocked by Gobert. One second, he fires a two. The Jazz are going to win. The defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, blocks the shot in the corner. And the Utah Jazz have taken a one-game-to-nothing lead over the L.A. Clippers. We, we, Monsieur. Utah Jazz get game one. PK, you framed it perfectly with our question of the day, which we will get to in the next segment. What friggin' more could you want in that game one win? That thing had a little bit of everything. We like stories. That story had multiple chapters, highs and lows, thrills and spills. That was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Entertaining. Miss all those friggin' shots, still come back and win. Can we finally put this to rest? Donovan Mitchell... You heard of you, A.B.? The University of Alabama, Birmingham. Well, he, U-B-A. <laughs> Ultimate badass. Are we allowed to say that on, on the radio? Can sure, I... why not? Go ahead. Uh, we won the game. People don't know this. So that's why I got canned from TV, because I said that. Not true. You didn't just go with B.A. just to protect yourself? No, I, I'm not. I'm authentic. I'm real. I'm open. I'm transparent. That's the narrative. You created a new word to <laughs> explain the story. He's and the word man. and the word was on full display in the opening minutes of the third quarter. They needed to get back in the game. They needed some clutchiness. And he, he delivered. He is there. I was li- driving into work this morning flicking around the national stuff on my satellite. He's he's on the verge of ascending into star, superstardom. No, he's not. He's already there. He owns real estate there. It's like me. I play in the men's league at River Oaks on Tuesday, and on hole 16, there's a trap in front of the green. I own real estate in that, that trap. trap. <laughs> I am there every freaking week or every other week because we switch nines. I'm there every time. Mitchell... He's a B.A. He owns real estate in the superstar property. What more do you need to see out of this guy? I've been saying it for weeks. He's super duper special. 
He's on the front of ESPN.com as we speak, ascending into the places. Oh, screw them. You have already He's there. assigned him real estate. This guy is just incredible. He's got it all. At the end of the day, and he dropped five at the end of the days in one answer. Nice. Yeah. He loves at the end of the day. He's there, man. He is already there. We got Dwayne Wade coaching him on the sidelines. Are we the coolest, hippest city in the U.S. of A? Nope, but we got Dwayne Wade coaching him on the sidelines. I'm flying my flag really, really high these days. I am proud. Also a little sleep interrupt. That was a late game. I don't uh, hold myself accountable for whatever may do or say today. <laughs> the dump button is going to be hovered over all the morning. 810, 815, 820. Could we tip this off already? Those of us do do morning radio. Let's go. Hi, hit me. Boyan Bogdanovich came through. Jordan Clarkson added 18 points each. Some clutch hoops out of those guys. Everybody came through. Even Joe, who missed eight in a row from three because he hit his first. I think he finished uh, one of eight. So he would have missed seven in a row then. No, eight. Count it. His defensive stance at the end, stay down, stay down, stay down, stay down, and stay down. Get in the guy's body, Kawhi Leonard, but stay down. It looked like he was going for the game-winning steal, but he got back to the three-point line to defend Kawhi Leonard. And if he didn't, nobody else was going to, so he had to get there. I'm so dang proud of Joey. (laughs) You know who didn't stay down was Rudy. But uh, he got away with it. He did get away with it. Fortunately, they didn't jump into him. He's so long that he can jump and avoid it because there's more distance. Yeah, and he might have been able to pull it off depending on how it had gone. You know, you jump. If you have to long jump into him, which he might have had to do a little bit, I don't know that it would have worked. A little worried about it. And I don't know if Morris gets that call if exactly, Morris right. initiates contact exactly. while Rudy's up in the air. Yeah. Harden gets it. but And Steph Ty Lue saying we wanted that because we didn't want them to take Gobert off the floor. Hey, Ty Lue, right here, buddy. <laughs> I got your floor, and you can take off. Take off tomorrow when you're oh and freaking 2 again. Only this time... We got Donovan Mitchell and Dwayne Wade. We ain't going down. I don't know that he would have been taken off the floor anyway. They couldn't. They couldn't go for two in that Doesn't situation. Doesn't matter. So. It's the point that he brought yeah. it up. He brought it up. That was disrespect. All right, we've got a you lot. Come of you. into our house and disrespect <laughs> our guys. You don't do that. That's from the Hurricanes fight, if you didn't know what he's going for. He'll come into our house. He's been back 10 or 15 years. You get OB. (laughs) You don't come into our house. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get in the elevator and go down. Okay. There was a brawl going on. Yeah, that's the end of your broadcasting career. With, like, my Florida International or something. And mine, my broadcasting career is just blossoming. This is barely getting started. I'm like Ryan Smith. This is just the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's the deal. Your reaction to game one. And, man, have we got a ton of that to get to. That is the question. I want to hear from the people today. We will do that next. Carry me. I'm fatigued. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, will be here to carry us at 8.30. Unless he gets bumped by Joe Ingles. Joe usually does Thursdays. Thursday's a game day. Joe, I don't even know the last time he did a game day. I don't know if he's ever done one. He doesn't do game days, He usually avoids them. 
So we're thinking he's going to go today. He could go Friday, but we think he's probably going to go today. So we're waiting for a time. Tim might get bumped by a bigger name. Bigger name on another we'll just, line. We'll just move Tim to another time. That's no exactly problem. what we'll do. He's not going to get bumped. He may be moved. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Down low and beat. One-on-one. Capella's got two fouls. Joel. Oh, bully ball. Right back at you. And he looks him right in the face like boxers at the weigh-in. Oh, man. Shake Milton and beat play pick and roll. Joel against Gallinari. Fake shoots. Left elbow. 18-footer. Bucket. Good. And the Sixers up with 420 to go, leading by 18. We had a really good season last year, and we had like a month and a half, two months rest, I can say. I started the season really well. I, I played kind of the whole season really well, um, stats-wise. I think this was my best season of my life. Cherrying the top is probably the trophy that I, I got, so I, I think this is my best season of my life. Nikola Jokic there on his MVP season, the best season of his life. He is the MVP to no one's surprise, PK. But they got a game two tonight, and Phoenix won game one, so pressure will now mount. Best season of my life hasn't come yet, and I really appreciate this guy. And I think it's awesome for the league. Go to Denver, be a second-round pick. we got to get away from these super teams forming and these guys palling around and all this, that's bad for the league. And I know that, uh, you know, the promoters of the league, I get all that, but I'm going to have to be true to the way I see it. And I think it's bad, whereas Denver, second-round pick, get an MVP. I think it's out-freaking-standing. Obviously, it's the right call. I get a kick out of every time I watch Denver and the other team, either either they score or they don't, and Denver's on defense. And they give the ball to Jokic, and he brings the ball up. For some reason, I just get a kick out of that. That is so cool. It's funny. When I close my eyes and see Jokic playing, that's not what I see. I see him at the top of the key. Yeah, and that rainbow, off yeah. balance. Whatever. He's got all sorts of offensive moves. He passes the ball well. I know. I don't never that gets, either. But never I just gets, get a kick out yeah, of it. Never gets sped up. Never gets hurried. I'll do what I want when I want to do it. Be fast, but don't be in a hurry. Thank you, John Wooden. <laughs> Different century, different continent. Truth is truth. Different buddy. rules, but truth is truth, right? He's uh, he is. Uh, you of all people want to know that after what you've done. Philadelphia 76ers. I don't even want to know about that. 76ers, even their series with the Hawks, game of peace. Embiid, another big game, 40 points, 13 rebounds. Trey Young was all right, 21 and 11, but not enough to offset Embiid's 40. Joel's a player. Playing on a bum knee doesn't seem to matter. Nah, he don't matter at the end of the day by any means necessary. That that's the rally cry as Donovan brought that up twice at the end of the day by any means necessary. Data collected across the NBA suggested the league saw a dramatic increase in injuries not related to COVID nineteen amid a compressed schedule for the league. Average number of players sidelined per game due to injury, non COVID nineteen illness or rest this season was five point one. According to ESPN's Kevin Pelton, that's the highest since they started tracking it back in 2009 and 2010. This season, All-Stars missed 370 out of a possible 1,944 games. 19%. And that's the highest percentage in a season in NBA history, according to Elias Sports Bureau. And who would argue with the Elias Sports Bureau about numbers? I don't know. I don't know who those people are. Have you ever met somebody from there? No. Have you ever seen anybody quoted from there? No. Who are these people? They're probably in some underground bunker. 
I got a better chance to find out who actually is the Wizard of Oz than I do who works for them. It's probably true. They're probably in the underground bunker, come up, see the sun once a year, go back down, start computing more numbers. 19%, that's a lot. That's not good for the league either. Super team's not good for the league. All-star sitting out almost one out of every five games. Not good for the league. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. One year of not playing has just made me even hungrier uh, to, to get back uh, at the at the realm and, and lead a team. Jameis Winston, former Tampa Bay quarterback, now, of course, battling Taysom Hill, who will be the Saints starter. Hill told reporters, I've really been able to tailor all my workouts and everything to just being a quarterback, just knowing and feeling like I won't have to take on as much as I did last year. So that's been the emphasis, but the mindset of getting better every day and improving on what you've done in the past, that hasn't changed. Battle on with Drew Brees. So he's not going to play those other positions? Is that what he's saying? That seems to be what he's saying there. Good. I'm sick of him moving around other positions. That's insulting. He's a quarterback. You don't like him starting at tight end? If he doesn't win the quarterback, quarter, if he doesn't win the quarterback job, I will not be surprised to see him in there. Yeah, playing other positions. I think right now that's all on pause. Oh, heck, what are you talking about if he doesn't win it, I've been my whole life he gonna win it. You've doubted him all the way. No wonder why he won't come on our show. It's because you don't give him enough credit. I've had it with you. You figure all that'll be forgotten by the time the season starts, right? What? Who? Huh? What's forgotten? You, that he'll be the starting quarterback. What are you talking about? He's going to be the starting quarterback. Okay. I, don't, I don't get where you're going. All right. San Francisco 49ers injury bug to mark the 2020 season. Seems like that bug is contagious and is contaminating the 2021 season. As Yawk, big Niner fan, rolls his eyes, safety Tavarius Moore tore his Achilles. And an offensive lineman. Justin School tore his ACL Monday. Both were rotational players for the Niners. They've seen plenty of action, and now they're not going to. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf said his focus is fully on football and running routes after he attempted to make the Olympic team. He was in the Olympic, uh, he's trying to make the trials, I guess, at a U.S. track and field event. Metcalf clocked at 10.37, 100 meters, fell short of qualifying him for the trials. Incredibly fast, but. Not fast enough to get to the trials. No, he's too big, man. Yep, he's way too big. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Subcommittee expected to present a report next week examining the strengths and weaknesses of 14 playoff, and that will include models for expansion. According to a report from Yahoo Sports, a model favored currently would be to expand the playoff to 12 teams. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson, Notre Dame's AD Jack Swarbrick, and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey make up the smaller working group who are tasked with creating and presenting the report to the full committee. 12 teams, PK, automatic berths for conference champions and automatic berth for the group of five. That'll get their votes. And then six at-large bids. I think the SEC is interested in that. A little something for everybody, and a suddenly much bigger football playoff. Yeah, we got two years to go on that, though, so wait till we see it. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 
3-1. I got a swing and a line drive to right toward the foul pole. This one is gone. It hit the foul pole right at the top of the wall. So the umpires are looking at it right now. and Oh, he's, he's out for not touching first base. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I, 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 don't, know. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players and if MLB wants to you know legislate some more stuff that's a conversation that we can have um, because ultimately we should all be pulling in the same direction on this that's Garrett Cole asked point blank if he's ever used spider tack I don't even know what that is but obviously he has yes there was a 68-second uh, pause in there that said, uh, the answer is yes. Yeah, Can we just move on? The whole thing about the cheating. I've been saying this for how freaking long? I mean, there's all sorts of cheating out there. We're going to legislate this cheating is un- completely unacceptable. This cheating, eh, we sort of look the other way, blah, 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 blah. There's a reason all these guys are striking out and everybody's swinging for home runs. Maybe you don't have to move the mound back. We were talking about that. Maybe it is guys throwing hard, but the spider tack can add 25% or 50% to the spin rate. It's a super sticky substance. He's making super sticky money, so. Yeah. Diamondbacks have lost 18 road games in a row, beaten by the Athletics 5-2. to two. The last time they won on the road, it was a no-hitter that wasn't a no-hitter. Yeah. Bumgarner, who's now on the uh, injured list, too. Hey, get on with it already and get Bochi in there, would you? <laughs> this isn't working. Next! But can he really fix it? Need some new players, more talent? Well, sure. But, I mean, this is the way you do. You fire the manager, and then you make changes to the roster, but you can't fire them because you still got 100 games to play. Houston beat Boston. The Astros snapped the Red Sox five-game win streak. Astros win 7-1 at Fenway. Astros are a game behind Oakland in the West. Boston's a game and a half behind Tampa in the East. And the Cubs... Half a game out of the lead in the Central Division after beating the Padres 7-1. Padres 2.5 back at the Giants. So there you go. Salt Lake Bees dropped their season finale 7-3 to Tacoma. Bees open a six-game homestand against Albuquerque tomorrow at Smith's Ballpark. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Tim Lacombe at 8.30. Joe Ingles when Joe is available. Andrew Greif, the Clippers beat writer for the LA Times, will join us at 9.30. That is all on the way. The question of the day, what more could you have possibly wanted from Game 1? Game that had a little bit of everything. We will get to that next. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I didn't want to take Gobert out, out the game and have their switchable guys in or have time to you know talk about it as a team if they want to foul or not. And I just thought getting a stop 
you know, getting out on a break with, with um, Gobert on the floor, was able, he was going to be able to generate an open three. But he did a good job of closing out to the corner. Um, I got to watch it. But and that's the best time to try to get a three, especially when a team doesn't know if they're going to foul or what they're going to do, you know, coming down in transition. It's time right now for Hot Takes or Toast, brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Signer Cadillac today. There's Ty Lue talking about why he didn't call the timeout. Not so in on the Gobert stuff. think he's spot on, though, on the uh, foul or not foul and getting that set up. What friggin' more could you want in that game one win? That is the question of the day. And Nick says nothing, except maybe that crappy stretch of 20 straight misses. Oh, that's what made the win even more beautiful. <laughs> he had to endure the 0 for 21, Yeah, during which time the Clippers went on a 22-2 run and took control of the game. But that's what made it more special, to have that type of ball game. And you had to dig down and do all that stuff. The have Jerry Sloan, behind. find out what you're made of and fight back stuff. Well, I know what they're made of. I don't need to find that out anymore. I mean, To me, they've shown that a thousand times over. Uh, they're made of gold, man. Mitchell's a special, special player. There's just no doubt about it. He will go down. I said it weeks ago. I wrote it weeks ago. I write for a website, too. He will go down as the clutchiest jazz player of all time. It's a fact. I got to keep saying it? Yes, I get you do. sick of repeating truth. Yeah, but to build your own personal legend even higher. I, I, you guys know this. When you're at the top of the kingdom, where else can you go? You know what I mean? I don't. I, I'm already up there. I want more people to join me. Come aboard. I'll scoot over. I don't need the gl- the the glory, uh, the glory, acclaim. I was going to say and combine the two. I don't, I don't, <laughs> the glacame is that what you're? I don't need any of that. I've already got enough of that. My home is full of accolades. I just don't ever talk about them. Yvonne says, what more do I need? Nothing. Period. Scoreboard is all that matters. At the end of the day, Mitchell's a B.A. He went to U.B.A. That's his university. And very few players attend that university. And he went there. It's clear he went there. He got a doctorate from there. He's only 24 years old. Dwayne Wade's thinking, man, I wish I was that good. Tony says, needed four more shots to go down in the first half. That game would have been a blowout. But I'm glad they didn't. Because you, you gave an A effort in the first or second half. First half was probably a D effort. And you still managed to win, which means you can play that much better. Tighten up the act. Don't give up 60 points in the first half. Well, that's that's going to happen. I've said it a million times. You don't make shots. You don't have the intensity on the defensive end. And some of those long rebounds they got out and ran off of. So They're on the break. They played the way you would think on missing shots. The, the other team then takes advantage. They get the mojo. They feel good about themselves. It's all about rhythm and momentum and all that stuff. And Mitchell, the thing that was so awesome is right off the bat, at the start of the second thir- uh, second half, third quarter, he just decides, I'm going to re- 
group here and turn around the momentum. And we've got 18,743 in attendance. And so he's going to get all those folks fired up. And away they go. And he just decided single-handedly, and he did it. And that was what was so sweet to see. Didn't you know he was going to do it after he got the first one? Like, well, here it goes, third quarter Donovan. I thought he was going to do it for the last two years. Wait, again, I got to, even to you. Yes. You thick numbskull, you. I have to convince you of truth? They don't win every game. He doesn't do it every game. Oh, let's just see. He's 5-0 and in the playoffs. But other than that, no, he doesn't. The playoffs haven't been the only games we've watched these years, PK. But that's the only games that matter, my good friend. And I call you my good friend. Because you are. Yes. (laughs) Of all the stupid things you've made up. (laughs) I don't need to see anymore. It's just now repetitive. I believe in this guy more than anybody in this community at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm going to have a counter here. We got two so far. I'm going to count them. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for weeks. I wrote about it. I write for a website, too. I don't no, understand what the big said deal that. is. You've already said that. We got more people hitting us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. On Twitter, David DJ James. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your take. Answer the question of the day. What friggin' more could you want in that game one win? Send us your take. Yawk will play it on the air. Maybe he'll even play it before 945 today. What do you think, Yawk? You feeling motivated? Got it up. All right. There it is. (laughs) Hit it. This team has a legitimate chance to win it all. I don't know that they will. But they got a legitimate chance to win it all. It's no more a, just a pipe dream. It's reality. It's true. It's wide open. You could What you just said about the Jazz, you could pluck their name out of it and yeah. pluck in somebody else's name. I don't name. know about that. That's Somebody's, why it's wide open. See, that's disrespect to the Jazz. I don't think it is wide open. You don't think the Nets have a chance? Sure. But there's always going to be two teams that have a chance because it's not just one team that goes to the finals. Do you think the Suns have a chance? Not as much as the Jazz. Okay. But they do. Everybody who's alive has a chance. I don't believe that. I get it. It's a Dumb and Dumber reference here. We can go all day with that. I don't believe that. I don't think Atlanta is going to win it. I don't think there's a chance they're going to win it. I think they have a chance. So whether you believe it or not, they've got a chance. I don't think Denver's going to win it. I don't think they have a chance to win it either. Except you picked them to win the series. Well, when Chris Paul was hurt, if Chris Paul's healthy, they're not winning that series. Come on. Chris Paul wasn't injured at the end of the Laker games when he dominated and put them on his back. He got hurt early in the game one, and they fell behind. Right. And he shakes off the stinger, and then he's playing in the fourth quarter like it never happened. Not in games five and six. I'm talking in game one with Denver. I'm talking game one, game two, game three. I'm talking every game. They got a chance. I think Denver has a chance. Everybody has a chance. Unless you're out. You lose four games, then you don't have a chance. But the Jazz got the best chance in the West. That's where I'm at. Yes. That's, and it's more than just a chance. It's a legitimate right on which they can claim if they play well enough, which I believe they will. I believe they're going to the finals. And yes, the Nets are going to be awfully difficult. We'll see what the health of the Nets are at that point. 
when we get there. Who's injured, who's not, and what's up with Kyrie Irving, and you never know what goes through his mind. So you got all that stuff going on there. This is real. And you've got a premier first-team all-NBA player in Donovan Mitchell. He won't get it, but he deserves the caliber. He has the caliber of play that deserves, in my mind, to be named. What more do you want from Game 1? Paul says just and not let it even get that close in the end. But stellar defense on the last possession by Ingles and Gobert. That's what makes it sweeter. It does, I agree, and I personally enjoyed it. But I get why hardcore jazz fan Stockton and Malone posters on the wall as a kid and all that stuff is thinking up by 10 with five minutes to go, and all the mojo, this is going to be great, and then they end up sweating it out. It was, which made it greater. I got to say, there were some people celebrating when that clock hit zero. On their feet, bouncing up and down. (laughs) You were not. I was too. That was I'm you. all the way in, man. Is that you in the You're background? In the way. Was that you in the background sitting by uh, sitting by Locke clapping while he was calling the end of the game? No, I was at home watching it on TV. Yeah, absolutely. My wife got to get up early. She was up before me this morning. Got things to do. Stayed up late. Win the day uh, to watch that thing. It was big time exciting, man. And you were talking about. Uh, community enthusiasm. Yes. So we went to Rumby. Mm-hmm. I get their fish tacos on Tuesday. You get a free drink and a buck off. I mean, come on. Right. I got to take advantage of this stuff. That's who I am. There you go. I'm a son of a janitor. <laughs> Your dad would I be had, proud. That I a kid. I didn't come from some Richville like other people around here. Hey, uh. So <laughs> I got to take advantage of when I can get it. Okay, deal. so the point of going to Rumby Grill. <laughs> Two people with jazz gear. Two. Yeah, but there's only like four in there. Oh, okay. Place is empty, huh? That's at 5.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Guy with a Mitchell jersey and another guy with a uh, jazz polo. People are on board. This is going to be the summer of love. I'm calling it right now. Daniel says it's been a long time since I felt this kind of playoff intensity. Love it. I don't remember how much they're paying Mitchell, but it's not enough. Dude is a superstar. Yeah, it is enough, and it will be enough. <laughs> It'll be enough. <laughs> Come on. Right now they're paying him a lot, and next year they're going to pay him a lot more. Yeah, it will be enough. <laughs> His kids and their kids and their kids are not going to have to any worry about anything financially, and good for them. Way to go. I'm happy for them. Yeah. The struggles that he preaches of, that's for other people, not for he and his posterity. He's making five point, almost five point two million this year. That next year, change what's he going to be making? And then next year, twenty eight million. Wow, man, what are you? Twenty three million dollar raise, and then to thirty, and then to thirty two, and then to thirty four. I'm glad they got my money. <laughs> so, uh, just worry about somebody else's money. He'll be okay. And then after that, he'll probably get a bigger deal. And, that, and then he's just going to burst on the scene nationally. <laughs> and after that? Well, I mean, endorsement-wise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he's got everything you need. No, he's got the charisma. He's, he's got totally the personality. Does. Yeah. The smile. What he needs he's to like do. He's like a mini magic. Yeah. What he needs to do is this, where the whole country's watching, and he drops 45, and they win. Because Bubble Donovan was really good, but everybody wasn't watching. It was in the fall. It was weird. And they lost. He's something special. 
He really is, man. It's just uh, it's going to be fun to see over the next 10 years. No wonder why Dwayne Wade bought in. I would buy in, too. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, good timing. <laughs> <laughs> you bandwagoner. <laughs> right, you called him once a bandwagger. <laughs> <laughs> too many syllables. I was waiting One for syllable it. One syllable, let's go. This is why we need that drop from Donovan. I'm Donovan in the postgame last night was talking about how bad he was in the first half and how it motivated him to be better in the second half. And he was listing all the mistakes he made in the first half. And he said something along the lines of, uh, I hated me. And that's perfect. Bandwagoner. Yeah, I didn't like that. I hated me. Well, that's even more better. Donovan it becomes drops. more human, too. I know, to right? People. That's why I want the drop. Keep it real. I hated me. <laughs> That was awesome. Break through the postgame cliches. I hated me. Is he this best second half player in the history of the NBA? <sighs> Probably not while Michael Jordan is in the discussion. Who? What? <laughs> oh, but that Jordan compared to first half to second half, I don't know. I don't know what his uh, numbers were. I think it was pretty good. He was the king of start slow, get everybody else involved, he? and then take over. Okay. After Phil Jackson came aboard. Right, yes. But Mitchell's doing yeah. it much earlier. Uh, that's true. And also, I didn't know when you said it if you meant active or in history. Because if you want to go active... I said history. Okay. I go big. When you go active. Why limit it to the best 450, well, that, 500 players on the globe? There's no reason to limit him to that. This guy has the ability to be an all-time great. I really, really believe that. And I've been saying it for weeks. You got to dominate the active guys before you start getting into the historic discussions. Well, historically, in playoffs, he's in the top 10 for all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. He's on his way. They, they, they were, they he's were only featuring 24 that. years old, man. Yeah, they were featuring that. They had all the graphics built for that in the uh, broadcast last night. Yeah. Show how many points he's averaging and who else has done it. And it's just the biggest, biggest names in the game. I just see him being able to come through in the biggest stages and flourish when the spotlight is on. They were in danger of losing that game. Obviously, they were in danger of losing that game. They couldn't hit the proverbial broadside of a barn early, and they're down, what, 13? I thought that. I, I got real nervous at the end of the first half. He, they're down 10. He misses the three, and then Nick Batum hits the three. Could have been seven, turned into 13. Yeah. Didn't like it. Basically, you got Nikki Batum hitting those threes at the end of the first half. And I thought, uh oh, that's a big swing. But then Mitchell comes out and just takes over. It was so beautiful to see, man. I love clutch. I, that you can stat me till I'm blue in the face, but I love clutch and I love heart and I love will to win. Do you, you love the shot mix too? The basketball IQ he showed when he's taking over the game? Because we were talking yesterday about the threes, and you said, well, what about taking to the hoop? And he said, well, the lane is there. Take the easy two. And he starts it off by driving to the hoop, yeah. hits a three, hits a deeper three, and then he drives to the hoop. It could have easily come up. It would have been so easy, basically normal, if he had done a heat check three and tried to hit three threes in a row. Correct. I, see I mean, why going. not? Yes. Right? He's I, feeling I it. I got you. Yes. But they're looking at him thinking that, and then he blows by him and gets another two. And Ty Lue calls timeout, which doesn't cool him off because after the timeout, he came out and hit a deep three. I oh, think, yeah. I think Royce O'Neal sw- uh, was swinging the ball. On his the- basketball yeah. IQ is just as high as it needs to be. I mean, that's a, he played in New York. I mean, come on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
Oh, he did. There's nothing <laughs> negative to say about Donovan, so use his own words against him. How's that? Using his own words against him, man? Because he I played in New York. Me. My mother, she worked at City College in New York growing up. That's in Harlem, buddy. You're, you're like the jazz right now. You're on fire. She commuted every day. This is like day. third quarter jazz out of you. We're talking just, about that with the old lady just, last night. She asked me, did she, did she take public transportation? I said, no. She carpooled with Carmine Monaco. Carmine. Yeah. Getting a shout out on Salt Lake Radio. I'm sure he's long gone. But, uh, yeah, he was the manager of the bookstore. He hired a bunch of people from where we live, and they would... Carmine and go go drive the car to Carmine's. Carmine's would then drive into New York. We didn't live that far away. Yeah. And I would go yeah, visit her sometimes. Parking's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. yeah Driving's yeah, a nightmare. Yeah, it can be, sure, for sure. And that was 40 years ago, so it was even now. I mean, it's way worse, obviously. So, yeah. He played in New York. I meant that sincerely. He's got East Coast in him. I think it matters. Those guys, those people... They're BAs. He's a BA. I don't give me a better description of Spider Mitchell than he's a BA. You got anything, people out there? I want to hear it. He's a BA. I got no other way to say it. Let me hear what you got. We'll do that next. DJ and PK. Yak, how we doing with the open mics? We've got one, but it is not a BA reference. Well, whatever. We'll get to it. Uh, and if you want to hit us up with the open mic right now, do it. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your 15-second take on the game on Donovan Mitchell and his UBA-ness. <laughs> we will do that next. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Watching that last possession last night was awesome. The Jazz were great disciplined on the defense and I also really liked Bogey's effort on defense throughout the game. I thought he tried really hard and put in a good effort. They're going to be giving Joe Ingles those wide open looks. He's got to be able to look Paul George in the eye and nail him, sink him, drill him, whatever you want to say. DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. Yeah. We all came out to Montreal. Deep purple. Smoke on the water. The smoke on the Great Salt Lake. (laughs) And it's rising, man. Take advantage of it. Jump aboard. Are you all in? Because if you aren't all in, something's wrong. Justin is. He heard you talking about Donovan Mitchell and his UBA, his clutchiness. And he says, he tweets at us, Donovan Mitchell to MVP voters. 
And he's got the scene from uh, Pretty Woman when Julia Roberts uh, is in the clothing store. Big mistake. Big. Huge. Let him have it. Let him have it. Pretty woman. Walking down the street. Donovan Mitchell. He's got the beat. Oh, he looks lovely as can be. Are you going to join me? The last part kind of creeps me out. (laughs) Mercy. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. (laughs) P.K. Orbison joined us here today. (laughs) That's who Donovan Mitchell is, man. Oh, man. He is a pretty man when he's on that basketball court. It's so cool to see. See what you started, Justin? See what you did with one gift? By the way, I really do appreciate the gift. It's hard to describe them on the radio. True. No one can go as good as Donovan. Mercy. Man, I hope Donovan's asleep, and I hope Joe's asleep right now. Oh, I have not heard from Joe this morning, so I'm assuming he's still Joe's throwing down to Java right now, man. And tomorrow will be throwing down three-pointers that will go right through the cup. He's as lovely as can be, Donovan Mitchell. Eric says, Bullion's defensive focus on defense in the second half was all I needed. <laughs> Best game I've seen him play on that side of the ball. Get this is defensive focus on defense. I just read him, big guy. Okay. I knew. I knew when I read it. I'm like, and here comes PK editing this in three, two, and one. Bayon's defensive focus on defense. That's good. I mean, that's the best place to have it. That's a good point, right? Yeah. Eric's a little fired up. Let's not edit Eric too heavily right now. Other side of the floor, I mean, you got to make the switch. You got to have you got to have offensive focus on offense. I agree with that. At halftime, you got to have halftime focus. This guy at SLC Bass. I need three more, just like it. Okay, maybe not just like it, Man. but three more with the same result. That's tough on the heart. Yeah, they will. Now they got to play 500 ball the rest of the series, and they get it. It's gonna, not going to be easy, though. And the Clippers have no reason to be phased about it. It's not like they were lighting it up either. Well, they can look at a lot of things that happen and think, well, that's not going to happen three more times. I mean, is Donovan Mitchell going to average 45 points in this series? No, but is Luke Kennard going to score 18? Yeah, so, I mean, you can true. go back and forth on and, that all And day. you can. Kawhi had the Superman cape on for the entire Dallas Mavericks series. And you I don't get, spit into the wind. <laughs> don't tug on Superman's cape. <laughs> and I get the Jazz are a better defensive team than Dallas. He was lighting up a, a mediocre regular season defense and a poor playoff defense. But 23 points, 7 assists, or 7 rebounds, he's, he's going to have bigger numbers than that. He is, but Kennard is probably ain't going to go for 18. And obviously, Zubac gave him a huge lift off the bench, man. He did. He did. He played 20 strong minutes. Yeah, you got to really credit his play was outstanding. Uh, playoff poop, is he going to go for 4 of 17? I don't know. No, no idea. He's playoff poop. He got, uh, he got dangerous in the last three minutes of the game after uh, not making shots the entire game. Doesn't surprise me. He's a, he's a high-caliber player. Yeah. 
Shooting's going to come and go? They scored nine points in the last three minutes, and he had seven of them, and he assisted on the other bucket. So, now leading up to that, you know, you get off to a two-for-14 start, you've dug yourself a little bit yeah, of a hole. I thought he was playing for the Jazz there in the first half. hey <laughs> And so you're worried that if we chant stuff, he's going to accidental get going? Accidentally, but I was typing in a hurry. <laughs> what were you in a hurry for? Relax. Had to get back to the game. Don't like looking at the keyboard. Got to look at the keys. Failed typing. So, he's not going to accidental get going. He might. No, he won't. I hate me. You need that drop. See how well that drop will work? See, oh, that drop would be great. I think if he gets going, yeah. it's not going to be because of accidental. Really? I think he's going to get, if, if he gets going, it's going to be because he's good. I don't think it's going to be accidental. I'm under I'm under the uh, the impression you should let the old sleeping dogs lie. I'm with you. He's real talented. It doesn't translate to the playoffs in many instances. And I know people have been tweeting at us and all that. Many instances. But don't no, just just let him keep let him keep missing then. <laughs> don't say a word. It's in his head. Okay, but doesn't that compound getting in his head? It because if look, he starts worrying about that it didn't, stuff, it didn't it look will. like it at the end of the game when he got rolling. And he was four seventeen. And we don't keep score exclusively in the last five minutes. We keep score the whole game. Yes, that's so, true, and it's a good thing because the Clippers won the last five minutes. They closed the game on a sixteen to oh, a sixteen and the to nine run. Had a ten point lead, and Donovan got loose with the ball yep. and threw a lousy pass. Yep. If it's a one possession game, does he make that pass? You can't just take isolated incidents and apply it while it would be universal. Sure I can. I just did. Change. Well, you can be wrong, but circumstances change depending on time and score. You that's just don't true. apply everything and everything no, would have stayed exactly the same. That's absolutely true. Time and score, it creates pressure and yeah. momentum is real. It's hard to go out on the floor and go, momentum's right there, but we all know it's out there. I would be concerned about playoff poop going off. But it's not because of fans chanting. Because if that's going to be his motivation, then that's going to get in his head. It's going to be about the opportunity to, and I believe that this, I said this yesterday or maybe the day before, that this thing was the de facto conference final. Right? So meaning whoever, and a lot of people think this, so it's not that big of a deal to say it, whoever wins this series will be is, favored in the next one. And is going to go right. to the NBA final. So if that's not motivation enough, and you got to worry about some ding-dongs yelling overrated? Yeah, but you never know. Oh, I mean, come it's on. totally logical, and yet we got the gif everyone loves of Donovan Mitchell going to the fan in Detroit. You did this! And he was 22 years old. Right. But you never know what's going to trigger somebody. <laughs> and, and, you never know what's going to focus some somebody. meaningless random totally game agree. in Detroit of all totally places uh, in Auburn Hills, right down the street from where my brother-in-law lived. And But people summon energy and focus from all sorts of not, weird places. Not now. All right, DJ and PK. Especially if you haven't proven mentally tough enough. You can do it. If you're if Jordan you're, and you've already proven it, then yes. you can go look at some fan and make something up and get going. Or a headline or whatever. Yeah. The, yes, those types. But I wonder about the guys who don't have the success to back that up if they really should be venturing over there. Because in that, my mind, that just adds more pressure. Now, Paul George, I believe, is a really good player. And he's very much capable of going off because he's a really good player. Exactly. And since he was struggling... Let the dude struggle. That's all I'm thinking. Well, he still had 20 and 10. I know. 
I know. He did a good job again to the free throw line. That's where he did his damage. Nine of ten. Well, yep. he's three of eight from three. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's not it. bad. Thirty-seven and a half percent. That's not bad. And he hit a big three to make it a three-point. You know, make it a one-possession game. I would take end. Paul George on my team any day of the week. DJ PK coming up in the eight o'clock hour. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. He didn't get to sleep all that long. He was on pretty late last night. We'll talk with him. And uh, Joe Ingles coming up at some point. Late in the 8 o'clock hour, early in the 9, not sure. But usually he's on on Thursdays, but he doesn't do game days. And obviously, game two is Thursday night. So expecting Joe later in the show today. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. It's time to bring in Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst. Tim, good morning. Good morning. I was in the bullpen just, you know, getting my stretch in, knowing I had. About a half an hour before I had to pitch, got that call from Skip, and uh, I just sped up real quick. Got the got a little limber. I'm you're, here. You're at Fenway too. No, yeah. I wish I was at Fenway, man. Yeah. But no, but, uh, that would have been a, a a long night trying to get to Fenway from <laughs> Vivint. I walked out of Vivint last night at one o'clock. So um, yeah, that would have been a little bit of a long long haul. You're a good teammate. Way to step in. Ah, hey, it's what we do for one another. We, <laughs> you care about guys like I care about you, you know? So. And I'm talking you, not PK. Oh, wow. Could have gone with the plural there. You just could have let that ride either way. The plurals, yous. <laughs> Thank you. Yous guys. You would have <laughs> known. Thank you, New York. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, PK put up on Facebook, it is the, the question of the day. What friggin' more could you want in that game one win? Now, you're in the arena. Even if you're in the radio studio, you can feel slash hear the arena rocking and the cheering if something happens. Even if you're, the broadcast is you know a little bit of delay just for technology to get the picture to you, just a few seconds, uh, you know the shot went in before you see the shot go in. So you're feeling the passion regardless of whether you go inside the arena or you stay in the radio studio. So you got all that. You got all your basketball knowledge as a former BYU assistant coach and Rick Majerus' staff. What friggin' more could you have wanted in that game one win from either perspective? No, it was such a good game. Um, you know, I think that uh, the thing that I've learned more than anything in this last couple of weeks is, you know, this game is an awesome game um, just as it is, but the fans bring so much to it. And uh, I really, as I watched games um, on the weekend, as I watched uh, Phoenix at home in their first game against Denver, and just the response, the joy, kind of that wall of sound that we've forgotten, you know, what it sounds like, what it feels like. It's just amazing. So I'm with you. I think the game itself was, I mean, it really was. It was a well-played game. Both teams really played hard. 
Um, you know, both teams had their ups and downs. Um, find it interesting that, you know, a team like the Jazz could be held to 18 points in a quarter um, and then flip around to a team like, you know, both teams very good offensively, but also very good in their own right defensively. And so both parts of each team kind of got to flex their muscle. And uh, at the end of the day, I really think Donovan Mitchell was a dif- differentiator. There were a lot of different guys that helped continue to move the thing along. But we saw a superhuman effort last night from Donovan, and it's becoming way less, uh, you know, surprising. Uh, It's almost more now like when he shoots those deep ones, they're going in. And, um, you know, that's that's what's really fun is we've got an absolutely budding superstar that we've known about for a while. But, uh, you know, I think he came onto the scene nationally in the bubble but I still think he's got people that, you know, impress, and this is the way This is the way you do it. You just go out and, and handle your business. Yeah, I disagree with you in that he's a budding superstar. He is there. He's already there. This guy has the ability to rise up in the biggest occasions and take advantage of them. And to the thing that I loved is the momentum clearly needed to be changed in the third quarter. And he said, fellas, I am changing the momentum. I think that was the ultimate difference. As the start of the d- third quarter, Donovan Mitchell taking care of that and making it a one-possession game pretty much all the way. I know they got a little 10-point lead there. But I thought his play in the third quarter was the absolute difference in the game. I did too, and it wasn't so much just that he made shots. It was, it was he came out and played. You know, Quinn talks all the time about playing with force, and the one thing I felt like in the first half is the Jazz. You know, while they got a lot of threes off, they weren't great threes. I mean, there were some that were wide open um, down the barrel, but a lot of dribble into a lot of no pass. Just not, not typically what you see from a Jazz team. Um, and I talked about in the pregame, I think how important it's going to be against a switching defense to still be able to drive and get a piece of the paint. Um, I thought Donovan started all that. Um, you know, he made some tough ones, but he also got deep. The one thing the Clippers do not have, you know, it, they can switch all that stuff, but at the end of the day, there isn't a, a great shot blocker coming from the weak side. Um, you know, like a Capella for, during the Houston series a couple of years ago. Um, so I think that that's the that's that's part of the game plan. The Jazz want to continue to drive the ball, get a piece of the paint, uh, make sure that Rudy's utilized on the roll, and then everything kind of else everything opens up. But make no mistake about it, I, I, I concur a hundred percent. I thought Donovan changed the tone of the game with his aggressiveness. So you're working on, well, I don't know what the number is, but you're borderline 100 possessions in an NBA game, right? Certainly 80 or 90 or whatever. And yeah. so you win by three points, a couple of possessions. And PK in the last break was just talking about Donovan rattling in two threes early in the game. There's so many little things that can flip a game one way or another. But when you win, we always hear coaches talk about how you can coach them harder now. So put yourself in Quinn's shoes, and what would you be bringing up with the team to prep them for Game 2, knowing how tight Game 1 was? Well, what, what I found interesting is I actually think that the preparation was done prior. Um, you know, in that Memphis series early on, uh, the Jazz did not rebound the ball well. I thought that they were maybe – you know, I guess no maybe about it. Memphis in the beginning of that series was the aggressor. They were the first ones to lose balls. They made plays, uh, you know, hustle plays. That was the Jazz last night. Um, 
I feel like what kept that game to 13 points, even with 20 straight misses, um, was the Jazz. Uh, they were the first ones on the floor. They were diving out of bounds. They were saving balls, you know, to teammates. And there were so many plays that stand out. But I thought Royce O'Neal in the first part of the game just doing his job, right, going to the offensive glass with reckless abandon, two fouls on Kawhi. And Kawhi gets two fouls early like that, has to sit. And when he does come back, you know, just a little bit less aggressive. Those are the little things. It's the little body shots, I guess, if you liken it to boxing. Um, you know, the way Bojan anticipated and ran through the outlet pass uh, and was able to steal that thing and go to the corner and bang that three, you know, huge momentum play. Um, Rudy keeping balls alive. You know, George Niang, I remember him diving on the floor for a loose ball. So just those types of things are the things I'd do if I were Quinn. Like, hey, this game did not go perfect. Um, a lot of it is stuff we can fix and did address at halftime and played better offensively in the second half, but I had no issue with the way the Jazz guarded. I thought they were totally engaged, and you talk about the swings and the fact that it ends up a three-point game. Um, you know, Rudy sealed it with that block at the end, but if you go back and look, the Jazz really did, just by hustling, being tough, they really did get a bunch of points on their side because of that attitude. So put yourself in the position of Ty Lue and the Clippers, uh, you gather today and you work on stuff. What are you looking for? What is your message to them? As you, re- if you were Ty Lue, you review the film and then as you present that to the players, what would it be? You know, they probably coming out of a game like that um, feel a little bit shell shocked. That's another. I mean, that was Luka Doncic type numbers. You know that he put on them multiple times during that Dallas series. Um, one thing Ty Lue has been great at uh, is making adjustments. I think, you know, the way that he adjusted his lineup in that first series, you know, on the fly after two losses was pretty impressive. Uh, I still think that there's going to be a place in this series for Pat Beverly on the Clippers side because of what Donovan did last night. Um, you know, Pat's a guy who really prides himself on on sticking to somebody, becoming a nuisance. So whatever the plan is for game two, it's going to have a lot to do with Donovan. Um, you may see on that high pick and roll, maybe some traps to get the ball out of his hand, much like you saw with, with Curry. Um, but I think that's probably the place I'd go if I were Ty because you can watch all the film. You can see all the stuff I talked about. But it was what you said, PK. It's You're right. It's not budding superstar. It's a superstar that is really having his way in – the playoffs and has really ramped it up even to another level and that's what the special ones do so i would imagine that's where that plan and and any kind of tweak to the game plan has to come in i'm sure we all get asked you know what worries about the clippers what do the jazz have to watch out for and stars have such an outside outsized impact in the nba playoffs in the last series Kawhi leonard averaged 32 points on 62 percent shooting 43% 43% from three, 90 at the line. He's averaging eight boards and four and a half assists for the entire series. I mean, it was outrageously fantastic. Just put the cape on and carry the team for seven games offensively. Not surprising, he had 23 points and seven boards. I mean, those are still good numbers, but they're not 
the mega numbers he had in the last series. And obviously the Jazz are a better series than a better defensive team than Dallas by a wide margin. Should we expect Kawhi Leonard to put up massive numbers as the series goes on? Do you expect the Jazz to slow him down and just make him merely very good instead of, you know, immortal? What do you expect in there? Well, I, I think Kawhi's capable of having, you know, like Donovan, a superstar game, regardless of what your plan is on him. Uh, I think we saw that in the Dallas series. He, at game six, he just made ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot. And the one thing that, that is different, and I know that Dallas had Boban in the middle, but <laughs> Boban doesn't necessarily carry the same weight as, as Rudy. Um Rudy does change Kawhi's game a little bit. The, the three and a half foot, four footers um, become, you know, ten footers, and he just does not get as deep. There were multiple times where he and George, uh, in transition or you know, a ball screen or just on a drive, turned corner, saw Gobert and retreated. And so I think there's an area of the floor that is Rudy's area, and that's going to be kind of the battle for Kawhi to see how deep he can get, what what he can do. The one thing I wouldn't put it past him is he'll he will have some good games, some really good games. I think this was this was a good game. I think he's going to have better games. Um, you know, fatigue's got to be a little bit of an issue. I, I thought when you know as I looked at this Clippers team, when you load manage the way they do, um, I think the, the game every other day scenario in this series really favors the Jazz because even though, you know, in effect he's rested or, you know, this is what he's been waiting for, I still think there's that rhythm. Um, and when you're, you know, that, so that's the piece that I think is going to be interesting just from a, a high level. But Kawhi's he's a phenomenal player. I mean, you, you got to put him up there with, you know, you talk about the greats in the game today. I think he's there. Um, he's definitely kind of found himself in that Dallas series, and this team started playing with a better purpose. Um, but, yeah, he, he is affected. He and PG are affected big time by by Rudy, and it's a stark com- a contrast to what they were able to do in the Dallas series where they really kind of got to the rim at will. Um, and how about Faves bowing his neck last night and stepping up and, and uh, making a huge impact in the third quarter. So, the, the bigs for the Jazz were great last night. So we're having a discussion about Paul George and the crowd chanting overrated. And my radio partner thinks that, well, maybe you're poking the bear, uh, waking a sleeping giant. My thought is that if Paul George is worried about that, that's going to compa- compound his shooting woes and all that stuff. Although, obviously, when they were chanting that into DJ's uh, assertion that he played really well in the last few minutes and was uh, great. But as far as worrying about that stuff, getting into someone's head and all that stuff, where do you come down on? Well, it's interesting that you ask that question because I've got, a couple of neighbors uh, every day I pull out, you know, my driveway and they're standing in the street yelling overrated at me. Well, I thought uh, that was your wife. Well, she is too, but that's from the house. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Well, yeah, but see, <laughs> earlier in the show when he was just talking about you and he purposely came after me, uh-huh. don't poke the bear. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. You're making my point for me. How can I do anything but agree at this point? That was so good. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Walked right into it. Good job, PK. That was awesome. Um, no, I, I 
I mean, how are you going to change, you know, what happens and what's said is what happens, what's said. Yep. I, I do true story. appreciate the fact that it's, you know, even though it's uh, a slight, it's respectful. It's not a, it's, you know, the fact that you're chanting overrated means, you know, there's people somewhere that think this guy's really good. We just don't. Um, I, I don't know. I think, you know, you could spend a whole show talking about the mental uh, makeup and fortitude of, of playoff P. Um, just the fact that somebody gives themselves a nickname. What would you? What would your nickname be for you guys? You guys thought that thought that through? If you were just self-proclaimed, my nickname? Yeah. Obviously, the horse. <laughs> Walked into that. <laughs> And, and quick. How about the quickness, Tim? <laughs> no, not at all. You know what Majin was? That, that translated was the horse. So you and Ma have something in common. Don't other shoot, Ma. The fact that Majerus hated you both. <laughs> he broke, broke the backboard at San Diego. We had to have like a half hour delay because in warm-ups he cracked the glass. <laughs> and it was Peterson Jim was mounted to the wall. <laughs> Uh, no, anyway, I was. A... Wait, before we leave, I have to say that I was not at the practice where this happened, but I have been told about it many times. And getting Ma proper, you know where I'm going here. Getting Ma properly oriented towards the defensive basket, I can't really tell the quote on the air because it's wrong on multiple levels. Yeah, I don't even think I'm going to try. Yeah, okay, I understand. You know where I'm going, though. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there were so many things, and I blocked some of it out. I'm actually (laughs) going to do therapy for some of it. Okay. So there's recesses that, but I I would imagine I have a pretty good idea, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, was there a point to this before we got to that? You were going to make a point, and then I demanded. Oh, no, I just. Playoff P game saving a nickname, and the whole idea of getting in his head. Just getting in his head, and I think I think he opens the the door for that by the self proclaimed nickname. So if I'm the judge, I would say uh, continue, do whatever you want, uh, impact the game. Because I'm telling you this, the eighteen thousand one hundred six that were there, they made an impact on the game. You could feel it. Yeah, the players all mentioned it, and uh, it was special. It was a special night in Boone. I do think, though, that and, and actually it was Jeff Hornacek who said this, but uh, w- watching games after he said it, I, I could really see what he was talking about, where the crowd really works. I don't think the crowd is nearly as good at beating down the visitors as ours, pumping up the home team. Absolutely. The home no, right. team, when they're struggling a little bit for confidence, when they're fatigued late in the game and they need a big stop, that energy, man, it's, just, it's like riding a wave. Yeah, and you saw after big shots, you know, like Bojan, that dagger he hit over Kennard, um, as Locke would say, right in Luke Kennard's face. Um, he just, you know, he turned and walked toward half court and just is all, like he soaked that energy in. And that's that's a great point. I think sometimes, you know, the the, deep, the home crowd can be a real uh, positive thing for the, for the visiting team, but it's what it does to the, the home team. And... There's no doubt that they made an impact last night. They're part of that three-point uh, differential. You know, they, they were definitely worth, I would say, worth a couple points. Tim, we appreciate the time. Thanks for warming up in the pen in a hurry. You bet. I just had to get to the pitches quicker. But... There you go. 
Yach had me on a stopwatch, and we did good. <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks. All right. And we will have Joe Ingalls coming up next. DJ and PK, The Warehouse, bringing you DJ and PK. Join Hans and Scotty G Friday at The Warehouse from 10 to 2. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Top 60 and 60 is back on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM and The Zone Sports Network. All right, Joe Ingles coming up in a few minutes here. He will join us momentarily and we will talk with you more about Game one. Got a lot of you uh, tweeting at us about game one. Thrills, spills, chills, dramatic finish. Many of you want want blowouts. Well, it's easier on the heart. Exactly. I get that. But this is way more exciting. Wildly entertaining. They've got it. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They're in great shape. Oh, they're wobbling a little bit, and they win. Yeah. Rob says, all I want is Mike Conley to play. And the Jets are not going to a huge scoring drop. Amazing game, though. Amazing game, sure. You got to build on it, though. One game, obviously. Right. Uh, so, yeah, getting Conley back, obviously, is a big time plus. And there's plenty of things. That's the great thing about this plenty of things they can work on. Give me a list. What did PK's trained basketball eye see? I mean, obviously, the huge scoring drought really makes some shots, get to the free throw line. Whatever you got to uh, do. Be a little bit more aware of Zubac. You know, he had three blocks in there. He was a little bit of a force. Uh, understand that a little bit more. Uh, get a hold of Kennard. Don't let him get going. I mean, he got going great. I, I, I told my wife, uh, it's probably the best game he's ever played. In the playoffs, anyway. Uh, so, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, then, you know, make sure you're not as loose with the ball at the end there. You and I want to say you allowed the Clippers to get back in. Uh, I think they got themselves back in. They're, they're a good team, man. So they're going to have their moments, yeah. But I really like how just just keep playing. Keep playing. Shots aren't going in. Uh, it's not the end of the world. At least you weren't down by 20. You were never down by 20 I in thought, a situation you where know, you could have been easily. It's just one more point, and I don't know why it is, but there's something like when you say 20, it feels like the mountain is way, way higher. And they were down 13, and I don't know, Matt, I have to go dig in the numbers. Maybe it got to 15 at some point, but it was 13 at the half, so I remember that. Maybe it was a little bigger at some point in the second quarter. But it felt like the way they shoot threes, it was in range because we've seen so many runs out of them. It was bizarre that they started the game with a 10-2 run and then they started the second half with a 10-2 run. But it got them right back in it. And at five, I mean, it just feels like it's a toss-up at that point. And then Clarkson made no two-pointers. 
<laughs> I know, right? That's odd. Well, I thought your Zubac point, you know, there's something to that. And yeah. Clarkson got swatted by him once going in there. And the other thing is, he had it going on from three. I mean, I thought he took a couple that, you know, maybe he shouldn't have taken. Who he is. Exactly. It is who he is. He's got the ultimate green light. And if you go big picture, and I really think you need to, and you go big picture, you can't complain about the results. Yeah, he fires off a couple you wish he hadn't, but ultimately he's 6 of 14. That's 42%, almost 43% from three. And if Jordan Clarkson is shooting 43% from three, who's not signing off on that? And it seems like they came in a moment in which the team really needed a little bit of a surge, and the crowd was waiting, 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 because it wasn't happening for them offensively. And so he got going a little bit and hit a couple there, and that gave them some breathing room. Like, okay, it's going to be okay here. Sure, we, we couldn't hit anything, throw it in the ocean for a, a while there, and that's highly unusual. But he came in and then hit a couple. I just think it made it made, made everybody breathe, everybody in the arena just exhale a little easier. Like, all right, this isn't the end of the world here. So I appreciate how they stayed mentally tough because I think that's part of the deal. You know, I, I always talk about how I'm a body language dude and things aren't dropping for you, not happening, so you still stay mentally tough. Because Lavelle Edwards used to talk about this in football. It's a long game. You're going to have downs in the course of the game. But stay mentally tough. Stay into it. And keep plugging away. And that's what they caught Quintel and Donovan, basically. I don't know when they recorded it, but they played it early in the fourth quarter. Right. So right. Maybe it was right. under three timeout in the third. Maybe it was a timeout at the end of the quarter. I don't maybe know it was, it was live. No, it wasn't live. It's not live because they got the, the problem with the bleep button. And when they did it, remember, they told Sloan that we're not going to have that problem. Then they had it right away. And he didn't complain very much, but he complained about that. Yeah, but that, that was regular TV. This is cable. <laughs> that was cable, too. Oh, was it? I think it was. Oh. I, I, it, maybe it wasn't. I oh. think it was, though. I mean, there's always a chance it was a weekend network game. I don't know. I mean, they didn't bleep that Jordan stuff over the summer. You could go to the clean version yeah. of it. Yeah. I didn't go no clean version <laughs> no, of it. Let's Nothing hear... I hadn't heard in my house growing up 50 times a day from my mother. That was just your mom getting you to the dinner table. <laughs> your bleep and bleep yeah. over to the bleep and yeah. dinner table. Yeah, that's, the, that's, that's precisely what I grew up with. I mean, she was a truck driving, swearing, we... profane, <laughs> church going woman. I remember <laughs> Still remember the first time you dropped that on the radio. That was a great buildup. <laughs> and you hit him with the church going at the end. Yeah. Uh, Denny tweets at us, and Denny speaks for a lot of people. I'm not going to read all of your tweets here, but Denny says, uh, what, you know, what more could you want from game one? He says, Mike Conley to play. There is a security blanket element to Mike that cannot be denied, and a lot of Jazz fans are feeling it. Give him a security blanket. Well, I don't think they would have missed 20 shots in a row with him out on the floor. Exactly, right? He would have hit a floater. He would have hit a three. He would have gotten to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. He would have broken the streak. Yeah. And and that's the security blanket element right there. Sure. All right, DJ PK. Easy for me to say. DJ PK, time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic... And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. (laughs) With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. 
The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How you feeling with a game one win in the bank? Uh, yeah, the win was good. Um, a little tired, but... Uh... Yeah, I'll take the tiredness for a win any day of the week. How hard was it at that last possession to make sure you were mentally tough to be be able to stay down, get inside the defender, I mean the offensive player obviously, but don't go for any fakes or any of that stuff and stay on the floor with your feet so there wasn't an opportunity to have a foul? <laughs> um, probably easier than it might look or seem. I think when you when you're in those like last minute, last second, last possession, whatever it is, situations, it, for some reason it seems easier not to jump than any other time of the game. Any other time you bounce around and try and block shots, which is stupid because you <laughs> rarely block shots, especially me. Um, but no, I think uh, for all of us, obviously, I think Donovan missed the shot and they didn't call a timeout. Um, so try and get back and set your defense as much as you can and um, Royce and I were on, on PG and Kawhi so it kind of worked for us to be able to switch and um, I mean going into that before the timeout before we obviously mentioned that if they do run just a, obviously twos don't hurt us and, and a three does so anything but a three and um, on the flip side obviously they're trying to do everything they can to get the three up um, so we just you try and kind of run them off the line and like you said try and be as as disciplined as you can just to stay down and, and literally like you're kind of like letting them drive. Um, obviously they still try to get a three up, but Rudy was obviously able to block it at the end. So I'm curious as all of that is unfolding. Uh, one thing Ty Lu said after the game, he said there were multiple reasons he didn't call a timeout, but one thing he went to is he didn't want there to be a chance for the, for Quinn to decide to foul or when to foul. And I'm sure you always talk about detailed-oriented Quinn and the coaching staff are. So is there some kind of team rule as far as the clock has to get down to X before you foul? I'm kind of thinking that the ball went to Kawhi and you were there in about the range where maybe you would have fouled. What what did they told you about that? What were you thinking? Or was that completely off the table? No, we, we've talked about it and we do have um, specific times. I, I think in those situations... Um, if they if they had called a timeout, we might we, we probably would have looked at fouling. Um, again, we can like walk through and talk as much as we want at practice, but in the heat of the moment, if mm-hmm. if coach decides to foul or not, that's obviously up to him um, and then the coaches. So in the, the like obviously they didn't call a timeout. It's a lot harder for for coach to be yelling at us to like foul, foul, foul or whatever. Um, obviously, the last thing you want is to foul as they're going up for a shot or even putting yourself in a position where they can debate whether that is three shots or not. So um, I think if we were going to do it, it would have been like Rondo as he's bringing the ball up. Like you've got to look at who the kind of quote-unquote worst shooter on the the court at that point with Morris, Kawhi, PG. I think Kennard was on the court and then Rondo, you, you, you probably would go Rondo at the time. But again, the heat of the moment, they didn't call a timeout. You've... It's, it's 
it's very hard. Obviously, like Tyloo said, that's why they didn't call a timeout. You don't want to be able to sub guys in and out, be able to potentially foul. Like it's uh, if if you know, which I'm sure on on the flip side they go through certain things on the offensive end if they rebound and, and down two or three and, and what they want to do. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, their two best players kind of had the ball until until Kawhi passed them to Morris. So they had probably almost their three best shooters with the ball in that last possession. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a situation that you you talk about. You never know when, when it's going to happen or if you're going to get a chance to execute. But obviously we were able to, to get a stop and, um, and, and take the win. So in the first half there, it was sort of incredible from the negative standpoint. You're missing 20 shots in a row, whatever it was. How hard is it to make sure you stay unfazed by it and keep playing? Yeah, um, I mean it's what we've, it's how we've played all year. Uh, I think there might have been a couple shots in there that were not even forced, but just just guys trying to be aggressive and, and try and get a bucket because we we obviously couldn't get one. Um, but we've we've been I don't know if we've missed twenty in a row before. We've been in situations where we haven't been scoring. Um, maybe we score every fifth or sixth possession or something like that. So um, yeah, to to just stick, uh, I mean, you guys know, like to, to stick with the defense, to, to keep making them either make or, or take tough shots. Um, I mean, I think I looked up in the timeout at one point, we were like four for 20 from three or something like that. So uh, I think as as a team, we feel like if we get enough up and enough good shots up, we, we're eventually going to make some. Uh, there might be a night that we don't, but... Um, we, we, I mean, those twenty shots that you, you could probably go back. There's, like I said, there might have been one or two that were, um, I wouldn't even say like questionable or bad, but just like one or two more, more aggressive kind of shots. But apart from that, I think we got a lot of good looks. So um, we'll, we'll take them, and then obviously to to hang our hat on the defensive end, and um, I guess just not let it like twenty straight possessions could easily be a fifteen twenty zero run um, for, for them. So for us to I think the worst it got the lead was to like 13 or 14 uh, yeah. at some point. Um, so for us to just kind of be be still in the game um, and miss that type of shots, we felt pretty good that if we, we could get those same shots, we would be able to make some, and, and obviously we did in the, the second half. So you're running, uh, I think you're running a break late in the game. It might have been off a turnover at midcourt, I'm not sure. And you got Royce on your right, and I'm pretty sure you're going to go and lay it up and the way the defense is going, I'm thinking, even if you miss, because it's going to be a little contested, and even if you miss it, I think Royce is just going to grab it and dunk it because he's going to be the next guy. And instead you throw it to Royce, and I swear for a second, I thought Royce was thinking, what are you doing? It's coming in hot. And he caught it, and then he scored, so it didn't matter ultimately. But, Joe, you are so selfless. How, how come you just didn't take that up? I actually wanted to shoot that. I I, I, I think we got a steal. I think don't. Yeah, I double teamed him or something, Mm -hmm. whatever happened. And um, I I tried to kind of, as we, I I, I knew there was, I think there was three, like Canard and then two other guys right behind us. I didn't even really know Royce was there until very late, but I tried to get some contact to to finish just because I knew that there was three guys there. So there's a a chance if it's like Kawhi or one of their big guys, I could get blocked or or obviously they could affect the, the shot. So, I tried to get some contact and he moved out the way and I kind of lost my footing a little bit. So um, I probably still could have shot it. I 
probably a high chance I would have missed it because I did lose my, my foot under me a little bit. Um, and then as I kind of went up, I saw Royce there, so I thought, I won't say the word I'm using, something <laughs> that. I'll uh, I'll give it to him. And I mean, I, I, would, I would trust Royce in that situation to catch and finish any day of the week. So I wasn't worried from that point of view. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those those funny situations, I guess, that you you don't intend to kind of play it out the way it plays out, but it does. And and like I said, I was I was glad it was. I mean, I would have been glad it was anyone, but I was glad it was Royce. So this is the first time in two years that you guys have played before a sold out home crowd. Obviously, in the playoffs, how sweet was it? It was really cool. Um, I said to Renee this morning just before I dropped. Uh, Miller at school then um, like it was it was kind of weird to be in that situation like uh, there was so many people there like I've we've obviously been playing with kind of as as whatever capacity has been every kind of week or month going up a little bit and whatever but um, that was like capacity capacity <laughs> that was there everywhere there was people everywhere um, it really just felt like um pre-COVID what our playoff series were like. So, um, yeah, it was unreal to have people there, be able to have some friends and, and stuff in the crowd. And um, at the end of the day, I was, yeah, just to be able to play in front of whatever the capacity is with a, a few less seats at the moment, um, 17,000, 18,000 people was, was, was really fun. So how much do they pick you up when uh, when Donovan goes on a run and fires them up? Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I think we we got that lead a little bit. Um, we we made some shots, whatever, and then for it to like an an empty arena or a half filled arena, it just doesn't feel the same. And um, you hear the crowd into it. It's almost like you don't want to every shot you shoot, you don't want to disappoint the crowd. So you're trying to you're trying to make every shot possible. Obviously, um, the second half we we made a lot more shots than we did in the first half, but it kind of that start of the third, Donovan made a couple threes, and and I think it was right out the gate of of the third, and it kind of got the crowd into it a little bit more. And um, once they were up, they were up for for majority of the game. And um, not that I would say it was like game over at that point, but we were pretty confident we got the lead back. And I think it was a tight game, give or take a couple points. And the crowd are into it, and, and we were kind of starting to flow. Um, and, and I guess. If we were playing the way we wanted to play, but we were making more shots in that third, so it was, uh, yeah, it makes a it makes a big difference. Also, too, this is your first time in the second round in a few years. I think you've been to the second round twice. The first time you got swept by the Warriors. The second time, I think it was four uh, one to the yeah. Rockets. How much different is the feel in terms of team confidence now in the second round as opposed to those times when you were in the second round? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would never say that we thought we were going to lose those other games, but we were playing against um, some pretty high-level teams. I think one year, Ricky ended up getting injured in the first or second game. It was, yeah, um, yeah, it was just a, it was a, it was a different feeling. Um, I think we we all felt we could win a series, but we had to play at an extremely high level for for four games to to win four games where. I mean, the show last night a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say that we we played bad, but to miss twenty field goals in a row is 
um, it's tough to overcome. So for us to overcome that and still be able to come out with a win, I don't know if we would have been able to do that in previous years. Um, don't quote me on it because maybe we could have. But, um, yeah, just a, a confident feeling. What, what, what we felt all year, to be honest, so we, we felt confident going into every game. And obviously this is the same, same kind of situation. So playoffs are different, not just because of the size of the crowd, the, the people who are there, the people who are sitting courtside. TNT caught cameras, caught Donovan and uh, Dwayne Wade having a long conversation. And there's still photos of uh, your owner, Ryan Smith, walking and talking with NBA superfan James Goldstein. He's been going to playoff games since before you were even born. I'm, I'm wondering what slice of celebrity are you getting in all of this? The, the crowd's juiced up here with celebs, Joe. What's your angle? What are you thinking? I got uh, this superstar netballer in the crowd. She's a babe. <laughs> Is that Renai? <laughs> Are you speaking um, of Renai? <laughs> Joe's got an off day tonight. Today we know what's on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed at uh, fifty-three and whatever? Well, I just days. meant a nice dinner. Maybe go out to a movie. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I can give you a hot tip. I'm not going to a movie. I'm not going to be around anyone as much as I uh, feel safe. I'm still not going. Around anyone, but um, no, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have people want to come to jazz games. I, I don't know what it was like back in the kind of Stockton Malone days if people were kind of coming, but we've people want to be there, people want to see us play. I think it's an exciting brand that we play, so it's it's fun to have those guys there. And obviously, I, I couldn't care less who's there or not, but Renee was more excited about uh. Gabriella Union being there for, with Dwayne Wade than anyone else. <laughs> Celebrity, um, huh? She <laughs> said, I can't believe she was there last night. I was like, yeah. I, I can just like, see I her walking up. Yeah, great, Dwayne. Move aside. I got to talk to Gabriella. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, so, yeah. We see Dwayne Wade there on the front row and talking and all that. Is there any other interaction that you guys are having with him, whether it's in the locker room, underneath the stands, wherever it might be? Yeah, I mean he's in the back all the all the time. Um, he's in the locker room, pre-game, post-game. Um, he's been very accessible with with reaching out to guys. Um, yeah. I'm just going to order my coffee. Hang on a sec, Mr. Radio Show. <laughs> there it is. You <laughs> mentioned the Java PK. Here it is. You knew. Um, you knew it was a given. Um, yeah, he's been he's been. I wouldn't say like surprisingly good because I didn't know him previously for this, but. The accessibility and, and questions and um, reaching out to him to, to ask things, the, the confidence that he gives us. He's been in some meetings before with us, with, with our group and stuff like that. So um, just to have a guy of, of that, obviously, stature and what he's done in his career, um, individually and, and with his teams, um, it is obviously just a bonus for us to, to have a guy like that to be able to reach out to and, and speak to and and have around the team um, fairly regularly because he's <laughs> almost like he's uh, he's moved here nearly since uh, since taking over part of the team. He's been around a lot, and, and obviously, I think he's based in LA now, so obviously yeah. a, a lot closer than than Miami or anything like that. So um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and I, I think as we as we keep going on here, he's, he's going to keep helping guys, and um, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to have him part of the the, the team. All right, Joe. Well, we know as much as you want to keep talking to us. You really want to drink that coffee, so I just got it handed to me too. They know my order now, so I'm I'm a local. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe, and we will uh, cool. we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys.
All right, there's Joe Ingles. His weekly visit here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I thought, it, I, thought the, I heard the lady say, hi, Joe. Yeah, uh, right. How sweet is that, Dwayne Wade? I did not know all that. That he is accessible and in there. the back. And, yeah. This guy's not just signing he, on for some piece of an ownership and then I'll see you later. This is, this is awesome. What a great time to be alive in Salt Lake City, Utah, man. You got a, you got a veteran voice, a guy who's been to the mountaintops. He's so Dwayne he, Wade. When he tells you you're good and he tells you to play with confidence, you believe it. He's one of the most respected guys ever to play in the NBA. Yeah. Sweet. All right. When we come back, Yawk promises us high-level open mics. The comedy will flow. That's next. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. That's our friend Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. To me, the NBA postseason is really about who's not going to choke in the final couple minutes, who can execute better. And I like the Clippers' chances with Kawhi. I don't trust in the final couple minutes of the game that Donovan Mitchell will be able to get it done. If Donovan goes out there and does exactly what you think he won't do, will you come back on with us? Well, you want me to wear a paper bag like I did last <laughs> year when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets? Of course I'll come back on. And when the Clippers win and they go to the NBA Finals, you know, that won't pour salt in the wound. I'll volunteer, Gordon, to get up in the middle of the night and come on the show. <laughs> I'll try to be sober. Yeah. No, no, we have a screener. If you're sober, you don't get on the air. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's Spider Mitchell. One tough mother. What I love is the fact that Donovan is just so cool and collected. Has no pride in his performance. I wish that uh, Rudy was a little more dominant in the paint, though, period. I still get the chills when I hear David Locke call Donovan Mitchell's end of half three against the Grizzlies. Oh, Donovan! Oh, Donovan! Say it with me! Oh, Donovan! <laughs> DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer Lasik Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. All right, there's, there's some of the open mics right there. You grab the phone, you use the app, you send us the open mic, and Yaka will play him on the air. He says he's got more for the next segment as well, and he can add yours to it. So grab your phone and uh, send your take. What more could you have wanted from Game 1? A thriller, and the Jazz won it. Yeah, I mean, Donovan is one tough mother. Now, that's with a U, not an O. He really is. Uh, Gobert, I would like to see him involved a little bit more, but a lot of it is circumstantial, too. Uh, so, And Gobert is one of those guys, don't even bother judging him by the box score. I mean, Shaq made so much fun, you know, what, at 12 and 10 or whatever, and it's worth $200 million. It's It's not about stats with him. I mean, it just, just isn't, man. And he's got one or two block shots, but you know the game winner. So just the idea. And how many altered shots? And how many shots yeah. are never attempted? And how many centers are out at the three point line blocking a game winning shot or game tying shot? Uh, so uh, you'd want more. I get it, but you know. And then he stepped up and he made free throws, and even when he missed a couple of free throws, he still made the other one. So you're not going scoreless on the possession. You can live with six and nine. You want more. 
but yeah, you can live you, with you six do, and nine. You do. You want more. I get it. But you can and live with it. And I think he's capable of giving more. Sure, he would say that. He'd be the first to say that, too. I thought given the ball, I thought the, the point was right on on the broadcast. Given the ball 12 to 15 feet from the hoop, unless he's got a straight line clear to the hoop, he's probably not doing much yeah, that far from the really basket. I don't want to see him put the ball on the floor that much unless right. he's literally in that restricted area. Heck of a play by uh, Cousins, stripping him and going the other way for the three-point play. Yeah, Cousins played well, but he only got like three or four minutes. I know. He got in that four-minute stretch. It went well, and they didn't bring him back. I was surprised <laughs> on that. Kind of did the same thing with uh, Batum as well down the stretch. It was weird. I was I had to remember, oh, yeah, Cousins is on that team. I know. He's bounced around so much, and well, seems like he's out of the league and done. He signed mid-season. Yeah, he did. But he buried, I don't even know that he played in the other one. He didn't. But he gave him six points, three rebounds, and blocked a shot. And then anytime his foul is called on him, he's going to have all these facial expressions. Yeah, that was good. He did pick <laughs> up three. He did pick up three fouls in four minutes, so that could have been part of his limited playing time. Like he just he doesn't move well enough to defend this team. All right, when we come back, Yach with more takes, more hot takes rolling in on the open mic. Grab your phone, use our app, send us an open mic. We'll get to him next. I'd take playoff D over playoff P any day. You asked what more I'd like from the game last night? Well, I wish the games were in the afternoon again. PK, you inspired me. Hey, Kawhi, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spin in the wind. You don't pull the mask of the Olo Ranger, and you don't mess with Donovan. Woo! Let's go, Jazz! Uh, Uh, Who gave us the song there at the end? That's our good friend Dwight. He weighs in quite often in the open mic. And then now as an old school, long time listener there with, they're not in the afternoon, not in the anymore. afternoon anymore. That's old school right there. Who is that? Uh, I just looked that one up. Hold All on. right. Do you well, think that guy's good. dead now? Well, you said he was old. He, he definitely I, sounded old. Nobody yeah. gets out of here alive, big fella. That's, you know, planet Earth, right? <laughs> that is the one truism about planet Earth. Nobody gets out of this place alive. Although I'm going to go kicking and screaming, that's for sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way I came in. <laughs> Dr. Forty smacked me on the butt. All the kids in the C. Miller family were bo- uh, where uh, Doctor Forty was the one who would you say delivered him? I guess. <laughs> uh, this guy just tweets in. I just want to talk with my coworkers about the Utah Jazz. My boss wants us to work. WTF is his problem? Oh, totally, man. You got to give at least a couple hours to just revel and glory in it. It was a thrilling, thrilling win, man. When's the last time they've been up? In a second round series. Wow. Off the top of my head, Jazz Warriors. When? when that would have been 2007. Six, seven? No, no, 08. I don't know. He usually knows that stuff. That's a long uh, time uh, yeah. ago, man. It's been a minute. Just to be up 1 0. They had a six game losing streak in game ones. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. So that's to be I'm able to 1-0 in a series oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. is a big deal. 2-0, wow. You're going you're going way back. Because they were not 2-0 when the last time they won a game one was the Clippers. And they lost game two. So 2-0, you gotta go back. Oh, you're talking any series? To, yeah, to be up 2-0 in a playoff series for the Jazz. Not that, just in the second round. No, in the first round. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you gotta go back. Yeah, well, two not up 2-0 yet. They're no, up, they're not. They're up 1-0 now. 
This is the first time they've won a game one since they beat the Clippers with the, on Joe Johnson's shot. And this is uh, Joe Ingles. When I asked him, I think it was real true. He didn't want to come out and say, yeah, we knew we had no chance against the Rockets. And, and I would Warriors. never say we had no chance. <laughs> but that's essentially what he said. Whereas this time, it is dramatically different. Every single one of these dudes, top to bottom, believes that they could win. Last time the Jazz were up 2-0, in a series. They're 1-0 now. Last time they were up 2-0 was 2008, first round against the Rockets, and they ended up winning in six. And last time they were up 2-0 in the second round was when they beat the Warriors 4-1 in 2007 to get to a conference final. So 2007 was the last time they had a lead in the second round. Yes. Because the last two times they made the second round, it was, uh, you just knew they were losing. They beat the Rockets to tie that series at 1-1 in Houston. They came home to Utah. Wait, could this happen? This would be incredible. And the Rockets won three in a row and won the series. Yeah. Bam! Sit down. They weren't ready to win at that no, point, and the Rockets they were. were. Yep. They're ready to win. Now, the, the, now can the, they actually the do it? The problem is there was a huge disparity between the Rockets and the Jazz. I don't think there's a huge disparity between the Jazz and the Clippers. And that's why we had a three-point game. And, and that makes me nervous because Memphis won game one by three points. I don't think you consider that at all. I can't believe you even came up with oh, that. Oh, come on! And Donovan didn't play. And Conley didn't play. Get Conley back. That's been the overwhelming, you know, what more do you want? Because game one, the Jazz played a lot of good basketball. Not perfect, but a lot of good basketball. And they won. And it was highly entertaining. And everybody's yeah. into it. And the place was full. And that is, you know, rocking, that feels yeah. good. Everybody's and the one thing he didn't have is Conley. And that's okay. what people want. And nothing against Mike, because I think he's a great addition to this mm-hmm. team. But they won. But they're used to playing without him. He's not exactly Cal Ripken here. No. That's, that was, Bojan was asked, how did you do it to adapt? And he says, well, that we, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. They had to play Mitchell's without Mike. A, a great difference. They had to play without Mike, and they had to play without Donovan, and they had to play without both of them. So it's not whatever comes at him here. They've had to adapt to a lot. And they've had to adapt specifically to this. Give me Mitchell and Gobert, and they got a chance. Yes. Now, I had other guys, and the chances go up. And adding right. Mike Conley, the chances go up. And I very much hope he's playing well, in game what two. We, it's what we said earlier, if you're just joining us here in the 9 o'clock hour, and we're not going to do the recap we normally do at 9.30, because Andrew Greif, the Clippers beat writer for the LA Times, is going to join us in our next segment. We would normally Sweet. do that recap. But Conley could have shortened that uh, run. That 0-for-21 stretch, when they get outscored 22-for-2 while missing 21 straight shots, he could have hit a shot in there. He could have gotten somebody else an easy shot in there. It could have minimized the damage. Now, it all worked out, and he rests the hamstring, and they win anyway. So, great. No, sure. You were pretty pretty sure he's going to play. I feel feel, uh, vindicated in my skepticism. In what? Oh, I didn't. I had no idea. I'm just yeah, saying. Told, Locke, Locke said, said the story that the all only, questionable players played except Mitchell. And game one against Memphis. So it's the same thing here. Now it's except, but he, and he also said that every time he was out with the hammy, it, it was, was two fourteen. Weeks. Yeah, and so 14. we're at seven now. Right. So how many games is in the next week? They're playing every other day. So I can't add that up. <laughs> That's what you're there for. I'm here to have just comments, man. That's my just throwing comments that come in off the top of my head. You're, I drive the bus. I start thinking. I drive the bus, and you're in the back yeah. shooting spitwads. Right. That's how it works. Nineteen freaking years. 
We're going to be old enough to drink here soon. (laughs) 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 And gamble. (laughs) So you don't want me to stop. If I have to stop and think, the moment's gone. (laughs) <laughs> I'm useless. Let her rip, baby. Yeah, you're like Quinn. You're you're just doing what Quinn Snyder teaches everyone. When the ball comes to you, you already need to have your mind made up what you're going to do. You can't think about it. No. You decide what to do while the ball is in the air on the way to you. Oh, when it and, comes to shooting, I believe in that 100. percent And by the way, the guy who did that best last, the best example in that game, Derek Favors. There was a wild scramble in the second half, and somebody got the ball in the corner and threw it to Favors at the high post. And that ball went out of his hands to Jordan Clarkson in a heartbeat. And Clarkson got a wide-open catch-and-shoot three, and he made it, and the place erupted. And Favors knew what he was doing with the ball before it ever got to him. Yeah, yeah. And the play was right in front of him the way he was facing. I mean, obviously Stockton made a living off of that, Yep, of being able to anticipate and, and be a step ahead. So, yeah. But if so, Mike can miss, if he has to miss a couple more games, I guess there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but it's not like they can't overcome it. Because it's not like, too, that they just rolled out, man, everything went their way. Nope. No, they had to battle all sorts of adversity. 20 straight shots? Or was it 21? What's the difference? There's no difference. But 21, uh, yeah. They, that, when is that going to happen? At home, no less? I thought they were going to put in Matt Thomas. Might as well give old Matt, Matty T a try. Light him up. Nobody else is hitting. All he could do is miss one. It was too early for that. Later in the game, though, you're right. They might have they might have given that a shot, but not that early. So I love being down it. 13, and sh- I love resolve. When things don't go your way, you still find ways to get what you need. To get that's that's the essence of life. At least it is for me, and I think all of us. Everyone's got a story. Sometimes it's easy. Most of the time, it's not. Okay, yeah, I can name a couple of guys. No, I'm saying in your life. Some stuff in your okay. life goes well. But there's lots of times but you got to... But it gotta, doesn't matter. Right. There's lots of times you got to dig. You got to keep, if you want to use the word, the verb digging, whatever it might be. So it's sort of a, what was the anecdote for the game or what, what, I don't know if that's the right word. Metaphor, simile. Uh, something like that. And don't hang your head. Keep playing. And uh, halftime came at a great time. They went into halftime with no momentum, I didn't think. <laughs> down 13 and then they changed it right off the bat the last minute the last 30 seconds were really deflating right i was hoping hit a three get Get a a stop stop. and you're down seven that's fine you take that but no it was exactly the other way you didn't hit a three you didn't get a stop and they hit a three they got all the momentum going their way and you could have all woes me we don't have mike blah 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 but no none of that was apparent I don't know what it was. Who said what in halftime? I don't know that anything needed to be said. If they obviously they knew the situation. This is a veteran ball club here, in a lot of different ways. I mean, your your star offensively is a kid, but he's also a four year veteran. That's plenty of experience to have success in the second round, certainly. And well, then yeah. he came out and did that. Yeah, and he's uh, the thing is, there are fourth year players, and you're still young, obviously, but they're fourth year players who might be in like their second or first even playoff series but because the team was pretty good around him and he was pretty good as a rookie he's got more playoff experience he's now in his sixth playoff series he is racking up the the postseason games yeah, he here. took 30 shots man yeah 
And came that up doesn't with four, count the ones that got fouled. It came up with 45 points, so everybody's yeah. good with that. Oh, no question. But the fact that he took 30, <laughs> 30 shots, <laughs> that's awesome, man, because that means you believe in yourself to the highest level. Give me the ball. And everybody else believes in him, too. And to do what he did was just simply sensational. Still had the, five assists. Talked after the game about only having the three rebounds. Oh, there were some rebounds I mean, that got away from him. He's going to nitpick himself, too. Good. That way nobody else has to. Well, because this this, yeah. this is still should be, even though everyone feels good, this should still be a long series. There should still be a, a bunch of close games, so little things will matter. And if he nitpicks himself and then he goes out and runs down a couple of long rebounds and gets his team extra possessions, that could matter a lot. Certainly. Even if they win tomorrow, I don't feel like they've got this thing in the bag. Well, Clippers just came back from 0-2 in the last series. Uh, Jazz are... Are better than the Mavs. We all believe that. I suppose so I can even argue if it's 3-1, they don't have it in the bag. I would think that if either team gets up 3-1, they won't think they have it in the bag. Since they both blew 3-1 leads a year ago, that will just all, that'll just be fresh. That'll always stay with them. If the series ends up 3-1, it might end up 2-2, so we'll see. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we've got uh, Andrew Greif coming up. I and mean, we can look at it from the Jazz perspective and... What did they leave out there? But what did the Clippers think they left out there? Andrew Greif, Clippers beat writer for the LA Times, coming up next. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. It's our friend Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. To me, the NBA postseason is really about who's not going to choke in the final couple minutes, who can execute better. And I like the Clippers' chances with Kawhi. I don't trust in the final couple minutes of the game that Donovan Mitchell will be able to get it done. If Donovan goes out there and does exactly what you think he won't do, will you come back on with us? Well, you want me to wear a paper bag like I did last <laughs> year when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets? Of course I'll come back on. And when the Clippers win and they go to the NBA Finals, you know, that won't pour salt in the world. I'll volunteer, Gordon, to get up in the middle of the night and come on the show. <laughs> I'll try to be sober. Yeah. No, no, we have a screener. If you're sober, you don't get on the air. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. Time to welcome in Andrew Greif. Los Angeles Clippers beat writer for the LA Times, been on the show before, and he joins us one more time to talk about Game 1 and look ahead to the rest of the series. Andrew, good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So you know how this works. You know, everybody follows the team they follow and sees it through the lens of the team that they cover or they cheer for. So we want you on because we know what we're thinking, what Jazz fans are thinking about Game 1. But I'm curious what that looks like from the Clipper perspective. Uh, How much do you think they're down right now, and how much are they just like, eh, that's one game in a series and we leave here 1-1. Well, so that'll work. Yeah, I think that it's, it's probably closer to the latter. I mean, this is what I wrote as my lead in my story was that, you know, essentially think of all the teams left in the playoffs and which one do you think is going to overreact less to a game one, given what happened in the first round? It's probably the Clippers. Um, you know, they've, they've been down this road before. Uh, even in the post-game interviews last night, guys like Luke Kennard were basically saying, well, we just had to start the process over again of what we did against Dallas. You, know, you watch the film, you clean up, you stay even keel. 
and you hope for the best, and you hope that your shooting will pick up at the right time, and your stars will produce, and everything will fall into place. So I think that given the disparity in rest, um, I don't think that the outcome was shocking. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we should just downplay this as, well, it was a game that was always going to be a, a loss for the Clippers. They had a real chance to take that game, and, and they didn't do it. And I thought that was, for the Clippers, a real missed opportunity. I mean, I, we can chalk it up, again, as something that maybe was going to happen given the, the rest and the way Donovan took over. But the fact that they had a chance, I think it, it's pretty, I don't say it's dispiriting, but it, it certainly is an opportunity loss. One of our analysts, who's a former college coach, said he thought that we might see an opportunity for Beverly to have more of a role in the series, particularly guarding Mitchell to try to keep Mitchell in check. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't get more of a run, to be honest with you, because I thought the exact same thing. Uh, they you know, put him on Mitchell, pester him a little bit. Um, you know, he, had no, he had no shot against Dodgers in the first round because of the size differential. But against Mitchell, I thought, you know, maybe this is a matchup where he could see him. And we did. I think he was the first guy off the bench. But then he lasted, I want to say, only about six minutes. Um, and that, that was a little surprising to me. I thought but between Beverly and Zubats, two guys who really did not play much in the first round, who were more or less mainstays during the regular season, that they would have more prominent roles. Zubats did um, throughout the course of the game. And, and Ty Lue thought that he'll have a bigger role going forward based on the way he played. But Beverly was used, I think, a little bit less than I was anticipating. Andrew Greif joining us, uh, L.A. Clipper beat writer for the L.A. Times. The Clippers are in this series in large part because Kawhi Leonard put on the cape and did the Superman thing for seven games. His stat line was phenomenal. How much do you think he's going to be able to repeat that? Number one, just because it's hard to sustain that no matter who you're playing. And number two, obviously the Jazz have much better defensive numbers than the Mavericks. Right. and I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate it or come close to it because in the first round, he was one of four players in postseason history to have 200 points on 60% shooting for an entire series. That's like Shaq, Bernard King, and Kareem. So coming close to that is going to be too much to ask for, even for Kawhi. Um, but I think that they can do it. They can still pull the series out, I think, if they have balance. I mean, that's the way they won Game 7, uh, was not just having a takeover like Kawhi did in Game 6. And I thought that's what kept them, um, gave them that halftime lead was the balance, too. You know, but, Kawhi and PG really got off to a very poor start, 3 of 13 in the first half shooting. But you had Luke Kennard come in and score 11 points in eight minutes, and you had Beverly, and you had Zubats. Uh, so I thought that he doesn't need to necessarily um, be the one-man show or the dominant force every single night like he was in the victories in Dallas because of the balance. Um, I thought it was unique that the balance was pretty much there from the role players, but it was really the stars who just did not have good games. Playoff P. 417 did play well at the end. Does this thing sort of mushroom on him? One game deal. I, by now, I think that he sort of um, he, he's used to this. I, I think that last year, having been the butt of offseason jokes for the entire offseason, and then all season when he was playing extremely well, having career highs in just about every offensive category, there was still this sense of, well, let's see what happens in the playoffs. So I think that the sort of prove-it mentality that, you're, that he knows is out there is nothing new. I don't think it's necessarily going to phase him. Um, he said that he likes the, the back-and-forth with fans. He likes hearing the playoff beat. He said he doesn't mind that at all. Uh, but you know that the performance is going to nag at him. And I thought that the way that when his shot wasn't going um, in, in earlier round or even the regular season, he would get to the rim a lot and make up for it by trying to get free throws, um, and he just didn't do that as much last night. I thought that now maybe that's Gobert, obviously, patrolling the paint. 
but he even felt like the shots he was getting were shots he was more or less maybe settling for instead of trying to take advantage of. So the one thing I did think happened was, and there's two ways to look at that. One, maybe he was figuring stuff out because, man, in the last three minutes, he had seven of the last nine points and he had the assist on the bucket Kawhi got for the other two points. But maybe that's also, hey, the game's almost out of reach. There's less pressure at this point. Or maybe he's figuring stuff out. What do you think? I, it's probably probably figuring some stuff out, you know, uh, you know, kind of finally seeing exactly where he wanted to push. And, and maybe that goes back to what he said to us in post game, where he realized that time was running out. Like it was sort of now or never to to make to find those good shots that he had maybe settled against taking in the first half. I think it was probably an urgency thing, realizing that the sand was sort of slipping out of the hourglass. Um, and I would expect him to come out with a lot more fire in game two um, and just sort of getting to where he wants, kind of bullying his way to the spots he wants, Gobert or not, kind of looming as a presence in the inside. I think you'll see him be a lot more selective in the shots he takes. So what do you think the mood of the Clippers is right now? I mean, they sort of blew an opportunity. They got to get one in Salt Lake. It doesn't matter when it comes. But at the same time, you know, it's a three-point loss and you have this other opportunity real quick. So it shouldn't be that bad. I, yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I, I, again, I think it's what they went through in the first round. Um, they, you know, I remember they were down 0-2, and Ty Lue said, um, listen, you know, Dallas is going to keep up the shooting, and Paul George said there's no concern. And pretty much everybody laughed at them and said, what are you talking about? How can there be no concern? And guess what? The Clippers were pretty much right on both sides of it. So I think having gone through that, um, they're going to be pretty confident in sort of whatever whatever voices they choose to listen to. And I think that what they're probably talking to each other about right now is that, look, again, six days off versus two days off, uh, we were right there. Uh, you know, yes, you know, that we let them go nuclear in the second half with Donovan Mitchell, but we've seen this story before with Luka Doncic in a lot of ways. How do we apply what we could do to that matchup to limiting the Jazz? So I think that you're probably looking at this conversation between before game two is more of a, like, here are solutions instead of, oh my gosh, look at this, we have to climb. Andrew Greif joining us, L.A. Clippers beat writer uh, for the L.A. Times. I'm curious, because the narrative when you're a long way from the Clippers is, I know they're good, I know they got a lot of talent, it seems like they ought to be better. What's going on with the chemistry issues there? Is that a team with no soul and too many hired guns? And I'm sure you've heard and read all of that, and you're much closer to the team than us. What do you think? I think this year was um, a real stress test for a lot of that stuff. And I think that you can see, by, by the way, the decisions they made in the offseason um, were sort of reactions to last year. You know, They basically declined to offer Montrezl Harrell a contract. Um, they, um, you know, they felt like when Kawhi, when they lost Game 7 last year to Denver, he said, we need high IQ players. And so you could see they went out and got Nicholas Batum, um, basically, you know, he's a free agent. He's waived. Yeah, that's, a, that's a longtime veteran who's been to the Western Conference class before. Uh, super even keel, very chill guy. It's Serge Ibaka, who is not playing um, in the series, but he sort of fit the mold of like that veteran who had been there before, who could, um, you know, uh, essentially had seen it all and wasn't going to overreact. Uh, I think that the way he went out and got different pieces sort of spoke to them realizing they needed more um, source stability. You know, and more kind of like what guys you can count on night in and night out, not to get too high, not get too low. And you've seen that throughout the year. Uh, you know, they talked about feeling like they just had a lot more confidence in themselves to be able to withstand punches. They barely lost, I think, three three games in a row was their longest losing streak. They just didn't let things linger very long. 
And of course, the way they showed backbone in the first round, I, I, again, I think spoke to something we've barely seen in Clipper history, which is resilience. Um, whether or not that shows up again, I guess, is the test now. But even that first round series, I think, was sort of in a 51-year history of this franchise, something that was seen so rarely that you kind of took a step back and said, well, you know, oh my gosh, what, what, did, what do we just watch here? A team that when cornered, fought back. Um, that was that was new, and I don't think that happens um, unless they kind of went out and they basically brought in a more stable, uh, resilient core going into this year. So the thing I like about an NBA seven-game series is they it sort of takes on a life of its own, and you look at, all right, what is sustainable? What is something that we can do better? And you look at the box score, and Kawhi Leonard and George had decent games, but they're capable of playing better. So you look that, all right, well, that makes the Jazz a little nervous. But then you look at somebody like Kennard, who jumps up there and gets 18 points. Is he capable of doing that? And so maybe that washes it as far as, uh, well, that'll even out and all that stuff. When you look at some stuff from game one, whether it's Kennard or whatever, what do you think can be sustainable and what was something that the Clippers really can't count on from game to game? I thought that Kennard, I mean, maybe 18 points, um, maybe that exactly, that kind of output won't be replicated, but I really do think that he has his confidence back and, and could kind of be that guy who could step in, play maybe 10 minutes and give you a couple threes or three threes and sort of be a, uh, the, you know, the, the jab that you need of energy and offense. Uh, hesitancy shooting the ball was a real thing for him this, this season. And one of the reasons why he really fell out of the rotation for long stretches of the season, I don't think that there was a lot of trust that he would take the open shot because he was trying to find his way to new rotation. He's got that now. His first shot last night, he did not hesitate at all. I think that, again, he could be that valuable rotation guy throughout this series. Um, not sustainable, you know, I think Rajon Rondo's minutes, um, I, th- I thought that he did not play that, all that well. And I thought that was a little surprising, you know, obviously, given why they brought him in was sort of for that uh, playoff, um, been here, been through the wars, type of general on the floor. I just was not super impressed with the way he played. Uh, I'll be curious kind of what Ty Lue does there in terms of does he give minutes to Terrence Mann, who was an absolute spark plug for them in the first round and barely saw the court last night, only eight minutes. I don't know if that was because they wanted more spacing with Kennard. Uh, I'm guessing so. Um, but I thought that that was unsustainable. I would put Terrence Mann in more often. Uh, I, you know, obviously, Paul, Paul and Kawhi, it starts with them. We talked about, I talked about balance and how maybe they could ride the series out by winning through balance, but that, nothing's going to happen unless those two play better. So the, they, that just has to continue uh, to get better for the Clippers to have any shot, and that's just uh, the very bottom line. Since you bring up Terrence Mann... I want to go back to Game 7 of the last series. And, and he had a decent game shooting the ball and played minutes and all that stuff. But he has a corner three that barely grazes the rim. And Kawhi crashes, catches it, scores, and is fouled for a three-point play. And the TV cameras catch him going back towards the free throw line. He turns over his shoulder and he yells, nice pass. But he doesn't yeah. laugh when he says it. And I guess if you know him really well, you know, you can take that one way and it's funny, but you take it another way and like, what kind of relationship do these guys have? That's not going to help them take the next shot. What are you doing? How are we all supposed to read that? What's going on there? Uh, I don't know. I feel like people always say that Kawhi is like a very dry sense of humor. I suppose that uh, if you've been his teammate like Terrence Mann has for two years, maybe you read it in that way. But yeah, it, it was a little uh, like... I wouldn't know if I'd say that to a guy who just barely grazed the rim, especially when he's been shooting the ball really well and been an invaluable cog in that series comeback. Um, 
but maybe Kawhi, you know, hey, people say Kawhi is different. Uh, maybe maybe that's his humor that we just don't see because he doesn't reveal it to us. But, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I laughed at first and thought that was actually pretty hilarious because um, it's so just like uh, in conversation. You know, there's no like over laugh. And then you're kind of like, oh, well, I wonder how Terrence took that. All right, well, Andrew Greif, L.A. Clippers beat writer for the L.A. Times, give us a little insight into this. We're looking forward to Game 2 and the rest of the series. Andrew, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Yeah, of course, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. All right, there's Andrew Greif from the L.A. Times. DJ and PK, when we come back, your feedback, everything you're thinking about today's show, next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Sacre bleu! by Gobert! And that'll do it. We, we, monsieur! I'm sorry, Marcus Morris. Sorry, this is not a movie. It must be humiliating to watch Rudy Gobert stuff your jump shot right back into your face. Gobert has apologized. But hey, there's always tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. Let's get another win, boys. Game two between the Jazz and Clippers tips off Thursday at 8 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 7 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. The thing I missed most last night was Bowler and Thurl calling the game. Get those other guys out of there. Clippers fans calling the game are no fun. Get me Bowler and Thurl, baby. Now, I think that Rudy Gobert will rightly so get a ton of props for his block last night, but I think Joe Ingles needs a ton of props for forcing Kawhi Leonard to give up the ball for the last second shot. The first half was a little scary, couldn't make some shots, and they took the lead. After the half, we came out strong, and Donovan took the game. I haven't yelled at my TV like that in a long time. It's good to see Donovan playing like that. He went off, man. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that! Got a lot of David Locke impersonators showing up this morning. That's from the open mic. Grab your phone, use the app, send the audio in. Yacht gets it on the air. And we'll be doing that every day throughout the postseason. We do it every day all the time, but you'll be more motivated throughout the postseason, I think is what it comes down to. Uh, Joe on the final possession with the switch. That was pretty good. A bit of a scramble there as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the switch. And Joe talked about that. If you missed it, Joe's interview is in uh, is up on the website at 1280thezone.com. Yak is nodding. He already got that posted. Joe was on at 8.30, so hour three, or you can just look for the, the Joe Ingles segment. Either way, everything's available at 1280thezone.com. And you can check out his thoughts on uh, defending that uh, last play and everything that happened there as, uh, as it got wild and chaotic and the decision to foul or not to foul. It's all up there. You can listen to it. Well, the decision not to foul was an excellent decision because he didn't make the shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Results matter. We just talked with uh, Andrew Greif, and I think to follow up on what you were hitting him with, you know, is what, what is going to change from game one to two? And I think a lot of things can change here, and there's always, you know, whatever you change, and then how do they adjust to that, and that stuff goes back and forth. Uh, Luke Kennard, is he really going to shoot uh, 67% from three for the series? No. Well, probably not, right? But Reggie Jackson picked up six fouls in 17 minutes. I thought he did some good things while he was in the game. I thought he did some good things in the previous series, and he just couldn't stay on the floor. I assume even if he's in foul trouble, he's not going to get in foul trouble that quickly. And I also wonder if, when Conley returns, 
that will they start you will they match up and go small? I mean, will Jackson, Rondo, and Beverly end up playing together at some point to match it? How does that work? And we don't really know. You can't look at the regular season games because Rondo wasn't on the team then. They hadn't made the trade. Jackson, yet. Rondo, and Beverly will playing have, together? Not no. all three of them, but will two of the three be out there? Oh, oh, okay. You said playing together. I meant two of the three play together. Okay. They, to match up for when Conley and Mitchell are both out there. How will they handle that? They haven't Tyler hasn't had the Rondo option in the regular season games. And Conley didn't play, so there was no needs. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do there. There's lots of stuff that can be tweaked and can can change going forward. Uh-huh. You sure? Yeah. All right. As far as your feedback. We've got a lot of people uh weighing in here. <laughs> Terrell Budge, who's got a Utah State avatar there, at TV Budge. I hate the overrated chant in pretty much any circumstance. It's stupid. And Brandon tweets back at him, choosing to go to school in Logan, Utah is stupid. Laughing, crying emoji. (laughs) (laughs) That escalated quickly. That got pretty personal. I think Quinn Snyder's wife went to school in Logan, Utah. Oh, really? For a time. An Aggie. Yeah, yeah, double-check that, but I think that's true. Some respect from the national media. They think the Jazz... Oh, because the question is, what do you want? What what else could you possibly want from game one? And uh, so... Uh, Josh says, I want some respect from the national media. They think the Jazz played their best, and the Clippers played bad. Joe Ingles and Royce hitting shots, not missing 20 straight. Mike Conley back. Who thinks that? Josh is seeing some major upside. Perpetual chip on the uh, shoulder. And and I don't want to listen to the Clippers broadcasters, and I don't know who the play-by-play guy is. but We know Greg Anthony. I don't think uh, Greg Anthony views himself as a Clippers fan. (laughs) <laughs> no. I, the I New York Knick, UNLV running rebel, and doesn't associate with the Clippers. He's a good friend of Dave Rose's. There's some UNLV Dixie connection there? Yeah, and it goes okay. way back, yeah. What else could you want? What friggin' more could you want in that game one win? And Bart Black tweets at us. Bart's a hardcore listener and tweets at us a lot. He tweets at us, less stress. Period. Ah, that makes it more fun, though. Yeah, I don't think Bart thinks so. Anything that's harder to achieve is more worthwhile. Yes. Didn't you think watching the crowd that what you said two days ago, like, hey, being the Grizzlies, that was nice, but it was dog bites man. Correct. Yeah. You're the one with the best record in the NBA, and they're the eight with no playoff experience and not enough three-point shooting. Right. You should have won it. You did what you're supposed to do. Awesome. Now this... It's a little dicey. They've got playoff experience. They've got a much better record. They're five games behind you in the standings, but everybody feels like they dumped two or three of them on purpose. See now, There's not a gap if, here. If, if Locke comes out and says the Jazz dominated and the watchdog guy wants to complain, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree on this one. With? The watchdog guy. Okay. All right. They didn't dominate. They did not dominate. But they, they scrapped, and they battled, and they won. Things that are harder to achieve once achieved, they just simply mean more. They do. And the fact is, man, my college education, which I paid for every cent, 
I think it. I would have never known what would have happened if somebody else would have paid for it, but it means a lot to me. I got it. I got it, man. Well, I think on top of that, for you, it means a lot because you got it when your parents didn't. No, they did not. And I don't know what the odds were on you graduating from college when you were eight or nine years old. Uh, they were pretty high because of one person, my sister. Had she already graduated at that point? No. But I didn't know it when I was eight or nine years old, but she was going to force me. Okay. Because I was younger. I was her younger brother, and she... How much older is she? Nine years. So she hadn't gone to college herself, but she was already going to force you to go. I didn't know it looking back. Did she know it? I don't know if she knew it, but... Because I wouldn't think that I would get... But it's different because I had parents telling me. She's such a high... She, she was the one who told me. She was, yeah. she, was, she was the one. So she was such a high Probably not until high school. Yeah. When she was saying, this is what you do. This is what you do. If you don't do right. it... Right, but by I, the time I, you I were in high school, you. she'd gone through college. And oh, she, she was, was working. She yeah, was going to grab you. She was going to grab you by the ear and drag you through it. This was happening. Yes. She got her doctorate. She's, she has she a, didn't want you to get caught on the treadmill. Your parents got caught She on. has... Her Christmas shopping is done by June. Ooh. Of a, a year and a half ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why isn't 2022 wrapped up yet, people? Yes. She is the highest achiever wow. of anybody I know. Noel here tweets at us, uh, what more could you want than game one? He says, well, more than two points in the last minute, 48. No, that makes it even better. Uh, I, I, I know what you're saying, and I'm agreeing with you, but it's, they need to sprint through the finish line. Sure, it and that's, in game the gra- one. that's the great thing is they can do it. It worked in game one. But you want to, you know, they didn't sprint through the finish line, but it worked no. in the game. But you want them to sprint through the finish and line. And they're watching film at noon today. Yes. And Quinn Snyder's got a whole lot of stuff. The best teaching moments are when you win. Yes. Guys are much more able to accept it. Yes. Right. So they made a whole slew of mistakes in those last couple minutes. You want to put them in there? I'm all for it. But they still won. So that means you can hunker down or whatever expression you want to be better. That's why this thing was the perfect formula for game one not necessarily for game two three four so forth and so on but for game one and then we got denny who wants mike to play and we got rob who wants mike to play and i could read the list of people who tweet us well i want mike to play until 11 o'clock he's a security blanket which peanuts character had the had the blanket linus linus yeah everybody wants mike to play everybody <laughs> everybody wants mike out there yeah yeah well, he needs when he goes out there. He needs to be healthy. He doesn't need to injure it more and then be out. Okay, three but weeks. that's the great thing about him. When he does go out there, it's right. like he hasn't missed a beat. And because they won, it takes a little of the pressure off, right? If they lost, maybe they feel a little different. You'd still be trying to make the same decision and make it right, but you just can't ignore the fact. Like, uh oh, it's a winning one without Conley is great. It's obviously better than losing with <laughs> Conley. Captain Obvious, yeah, signing in. All right, well, we'll probably hear more about that tomorrow, injury report and all that stuff. Uh, DJ and PK, we're calling it a show. Hands and Scotty with more on the Jazz. Game one win next.